Alright, I found a bus schedule. It says the next one should have been here ten minutes ago. I miss driving. Didn't have to wait on others. I have you proud of yourself, Sam. This whole fountain youth spot it was a real life ruin! Oh come on, don't be such a shit. This is our chance to finally fit in with Gen Z. Maybe even Alpha. We didn't have to literally turn the clocks back on ourselves to do that. I thought you'd be happy getting younger, fat ass. Hey, I'm not fat. We're all roughly the same weight. I only did this because you said we could save money on shaving, but now I can't drive or have a bank account legally. Besides, what did we have to prove to Gen Z? Our humor is about the same. They just think they're better at it. But that's it. If we bring our exact same biting commentary, but in our young, dumb voices, we'll finally be liked. Nobody likes stuff or people. Sure they do. Look, I said skibbity bit bop up toilet on X and got two more likes than usual. So two likes in total? Ooh, good one. Look at me. I'm Kreider. I think I know better because I know when to admit I'm wrong. Ooh. So you admit you're wrong. No, that's the joke. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Oh my god, they killed Sam. No, it's cool. I'm just in agony. You bastard. Some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip tick. You know, why do things have to be so funny these days? Yeah, I don't think anything's funny anymore. What's no. funny? Well, you know what? I can think of two people that are at least funny. Seth MacFarlane and the guy from The Simpsons? Yeah, those Matt, guys. Matt Groening. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, Matt him too, Groening. <laughs> Matt Groening. No, and that could, that could lead into, you know, longevity is a really hard thing to maintain in uh, comedy. Certainly is. I don't even think Matt Groening would agree that there's longevity in The Simpsons. No, God, no. No. And, like, arguably The Simpsons went downhill before even Family Guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. I don't know. When did, when did Family Guy start? Well, so uh, Family, Guy... Family Guy started Family Guy started 25 years ago this year. So, yeah, it went downhill, like, 25 years ago. Yeah, and to celebrate the 25th anniversary of... Family Guy, we're watching three movies from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, those are two other guys. So, you know what? Four. <laughs> I, or as I call them, the Wright Brothers of Alternative Comedy. Yeah. No, that's more like Bob and David, I guess. Yeah, yeah I was about no, to say. I was going to say, they're, they're very alternative. Yeah, but so, um, you know, of course, we all grew up roughly in the 90s, early 2000s, where South Park was really important culturally. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I wasn't allowed to watch controversial. it. Controversial. It was very controversial. Well, it was super like, controversial. My my mom wouldn't let me watch it. Yeah, my mom wouldn't let me watch it if I was ever <laughs> watching it. It was at a friend's house, and my was like, mom showed it to me. <laughs> See, that's oh. that's Briggs's family. Like he watched Halloween <laughs> when he was seven. And, you know, honestly, it's like he's doing really well. So, you know, I mean, I can't read, but hey, yeah, you can't read, but you, that's, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, you're doing okay otherwise, though. Yeah. You ever think about you that? You have a job. You have your own uh, set of keys. I have two jobs. You have a wallet. Yeah. I assume there's stuff in there sometimes. There's even a girl out there that likes me. There's a girl out there that likes you? Your mom doesn't there's count. Several, yeah, there's several girls that like you, Brick. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was never your problem. No. <laughs> I mean, I can't help that I'm awesome. Yeah, no, it's... it's yeah. No, so... 
But uh, so yeah, South Park was it was really um, it it loomed large, shall we say? And like when we were young, the movie came out, and I remember that was like really Huge. big deal. You think uh, you think when South Park came out, everyone stopped thinking that The Simpsons was the epitome of being like you know too. Uh, too too bad for the youngins. Well, that was like it's such a blip to think of when The Simpsons may have been considered controversial. Oh, there there absolutely is. There absolutely is. In no, that... I know. I'm just saying in the in the relative. Yeah. Oh, I, that's in fair. the grand scheme of things. In like, the grand cause... scheme of things, because now they're a theme park. Because like in 1992, you know? H. W. Bush was like, "We need more families like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons." So... Yeah, but that's such a blip. He was barely president during The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. I know. So. You met, uh, you mentioned uh, South Park kind of taking up that mantle of controversy from The Simpsons. Um, I remember when I first caught on to The Simpsons and South Park, probably, I don't know exactly when, but probably roughly around the same time when I was in probably about third, fourth grade or whatever. Mm. I was never really all that much of a fan of The Simpsons growing up mostly because it wasn't as uber edgy controversial as South Park was. I always thought <laughs> I always thought shit like South Park and even Family Guy and Adult Swim stuff was way funnier than the Simpsons growing up. Like I would go out of my way to watch Treehouse of Horror, but aside from that I was never really much of a Simpsons kid growing up just because it seemed too tame compared to like shit like <laughs> South Park and whatnot. Uh, no, okay, no. we get it. You're better than us. I okay, am. but um, so this is a, this thing we can talk about because the Simpsons are very funny and mm-hmm. they're definitely going for the joke. And and I get that now. Yes. Like I've retroactively become a fan of the Simpsons, but but uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone and like this is something we will see in these movies. Like they love structure. Yeah. So, like, they commit to the structure, and so it's like, no, this is going to happen this way, you know? <laughs> like, there, like, we're not just sure we're HIV positive. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there certainly is a difference to how Simpsons, like, you know, Simpsons just, like, constructs, like, uh, basically a story with characters, and mm-hmm. then South Park is kind of like, you know, they have the story, and they have the joke, and that's the driving force of the episode. Exactly. Yeah. Like, everyone least, gets kind of caught up, like, usually Randy. At least back then, I mm-hmm. think more so, more like as as the show's gone on, has gotten less of like a. I, I think I think the word is um kind of like, um, like vague, like like you know it's like 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 farcical, like it, it's gotten less it, it's gotten less farcical where the joke is just like the joke and the characters are just kind of like mouthpieces to repeat the joke, and now they've kind of slowly gained character. Mm. Now, yeah. I'm, while I don't, you know, while I understand that. It's gone downhill a little bit. Anytime I watch a modern South Park, it's still fucking funny. It's still funny. I just, it is. I don't know. There's something about like those, especially those specials that they're doing. All the different weird COVID specials. That's, Some so, of them are amazing. Well, not just the, well, not the COVID special. I was thinking about that one where it's like about like I don't know, like prime mortgaging in the mountains or something, and then there's just like land for sale signs everywhere, and there's like dead. They do these weird analogies, like yeah, the I, streaming wars and I, shit. Yeah, which it, I, like I don't know if like maybe starting to get more character based is like kind of like making the joke a little harder to swallow. So I remember, you know, I used to watch South Park like religiously coming up, but around the time when they started the PC arc, when they started actually having a continuity across episodes is kind of when I started to fall away from the show because it's like that was always my favorite thing about South Park is how you could watch 
season. Uh, you could watch episode four of a season, fall away from it for a few weeks, come back in at like episode 12 or 13, and you're good. You don't have to see like a whole season's worth of episodes to know what's going on in this exact one. However, recently... Uh, my roommates have been watching the COVID specials, and so this is the first time I've actually like seen South Park like in a while. And yeah, I'm I'm laughing a lot more now at what they're doing now than I was when I stopped watching. Oh, so. that's good. I, I I fell I fell away around that same time. Like yeah. I think when they like did continuity in small doses, like mm-hmm. the Coon and Friends thing, I think that was good. Or, um, yeah. I liked yeah. the Lord stuff with uh, oh, Randy yeah. as Lord. <laughs> that was funny. That was a funny reveal. Yeah, just like he's like recording on his phone while on the toilet. He's huh. like feeling good on a Wednesday. Sparkling thoughts. Give me the wheel to carry on. <laughs> But you know what, though? We're talking an awful lot about South Park for an episode that yeah. is not about South Park. No, we're not talking about South Park. <laughs> we will talk about South Park, but what about before South Park? Yeah, what were what were creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone doing before South Park? And uh, also a little bit during South Park. During the early days. <laughs> yeah, during the early days of South Park. So, you know, um, and uh, they went to uh, film school. What? Whoa. What? I've yeah. never been there. What's it like? Uh, it's it's okay. Uh, you watch films. Sometimes you're allowed to uh, touch films. Really? Yeah. And oh my uh, if you're really nice, and you you, you, you if you uh, brush your teeth and eat your vegetables, sometimes you get to make films. What Whoa. about what, what about all the ones and the and the broom flying? Nope. I kind of want to go to film school now. No, you don't. Oh, okay. You work there. <laughs> Aren't you a teacher now? Off and on. He's like <laughs> he's like the Hagrid of film school. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've got broken beats of wand in my umbrella. So, see, I do have wands and stuff like that. <laughs> little, little tangent. My favorite genre of comedy to do lately is just Hagrid talking about really horrible things. Like... I rather like slime wave pornography. (laughs) (laughs) Two beautiful ladies having sex with dildos that if you use the right friction, they squirt them on each other, our money. (laughs) I go to the pornography store to buy pornography. What's Hagrid's thoughts on Backdoor Sluts 9? I Backdoor Sluts 9 be a classic. That's a little too piratey. Hagrid the pirate. Backdoor Sluts 9 is so powerful it caused Hagrid to change genres. Yeah. He's going to be the new the new lead for Pirate 6. <laughs> Getting ready Johnny Seven. Depp and No, no, 6 they're doing. I thought they already had 6. No, they had they went up to 5 and then Johnny Depp got in trouble. Yeah, I don't care about those movies anymore, so I lost track. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they so- got bad uh, around 4. Somebody blamed him for shitting the bed on the franchise, but it was actually his wife. The one who was underwater. Yeah. We have to believe... No. (laughs) But... Believe all Johnny Depp's. So, Trey Parker, whilst in film school, um, like we all do, he went through heartbreak. Mm Mm-hmm. Really really rough heartbreak, for real. Yeah, apparently his girlfriend cheated on him. His fiance. Oh, shit. Okay, wow. I didn't know that, but... Yeah, like, he walked in on him, too. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So, at Denver Film School, Trey Parker's fiance. So, he's making his student film, which is a, um, a dramatization of the true story of Alfred Packer, the Colorado cannibal. <laughs> and so, 
one of the main punchlines is that the horse in Cannibal the Musical is named after his fiance who cheated on him. Oh, that I did not know. Yeah. yeah. So that's why he could he made it just so he could be like, This is my horse Leanne. And it's like, how's it feel to be riding my horse? It's like Packer, everyone's ridden your horse. No. <laughs> so that borderline incel move led to an early version of a viral short in that it played really well at film festivals mm-hmm. and led to them making, you know, the ultimate American dream for me, which is a 16 millimeter gory film. Yeah. Gory musical. Go- well, yeah, even better, honestly. Yeah, so right. Like, in the tradition of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know. And Oklahoma. And Oklahoma comes. <laughs> so, and... It didn't uh, get funding. It took a long time for them to scrape it together, but it is a film shot on celluloid. It is, and it's actually not bad. No, yeah, we had a, we had bad quality because we had to watch it on Tubi because my fucking trauma DVD didn't work. Thank Thanks, you, Lloyd. Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, <laughs> something that I'm sure Trey Parker and Matt Stone have said a couple times. No, and like he's they specifically opened his book saying that he did not pay them at all for the <laughs> distribution rights to Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> and, then, and then they got screwed over again when they did their uh, their next film, Orgasmo, a movie that made it even harder to make. Yeah, but fortunately, during around the same time that they were releasing Orgasmo, uh, they also made a little short film for an asshole named George Clooney. And that short film was The Spirit of Christmas, which he shared to enough of his friends that it became another viral short and led to the creation of South Park. Ah, yes. That was the guy that they made it for? Yes. Wow, that's crazy. I thought it was just some producer that they knew. No, it was for George Clooney. That's so weird. Yeah, without George Clooney, there is no South Park. That's wild. Yeah, that's why he's in the movie. But we're skipping over that movie. Yeah. Which is... Which was not, which was not Trey Parker's first feature film, as I thought for so many years. It was act, South Park was his third feature film, but we're not talking about South Park. Nope, we're talking about the one-offs, the beautiful little oddities, the ones that didn't get shows, even though some people tried. Now, this next movie is one that is not in the cultural conversation enough, and I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like they they've been at South Park for a few years now. At this point, they're Oscar nominees for the movie because of the one song. Yeah, and, in which uh, they went to the Oscars in drag on LSD. Yeah, <laughs> and the only one that was nice to them was Michael Caine. Ah, yes. Oh, that's sweet. Based Michael Caine, but uh, they came back to theaters though in 2004, 20 years ago this year. That's so crazy because my dad took me to see this movie in the theater, so what? I was a little young. Damn, yeah. that's crazy. My mom rented it for me on uh, pay per view in our hotel room at Universal Studios the year it came out. <laughs> Shit, man. I didn't you watch. Were getting, you were having a good weekend, huh? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Damn, I, I remember those days. I didn't watch this movie until maybe high school. Well, worth the wait, right? Yeah, it's worth the wait. And of course, that movie is Team America, World, World Police. Police. Yeah, what a what an odd film that was. <laughs> yeah, no, and like this Such movie is kind of. Um, we talk a lot about like American Godzilla versus Japanese Godzilla. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's what? like this kind of combines both of them. You know, there's like. This is if um, if Japanese Godzilla thought he was American Godzilla. It's like time to save the city. <laughs> it's like, do not worry, humans. I'm here to help fight the monster terrorists. I've cleared your minds of anxiety. <laughs> and he's just, that's him just going. 
<laughs> subtitles are just like, <laughs> the word balloons. Oh no. God, yeah. Oh God. We don't talk about that. Really? Sam you don't and I like, do. You don't like my Godzilla versus Gigan? Of course I do. It's one of the best ones. <laughs> yeah, I Reminds mean not me one of that of the one Pokemon ones. episode where there's subtitles. <laughs> Which one's uh, that? They're all stuck on an island together, so the Pokemon just have subtitles because they're trying to find the Is that people. the one where they have the giant Pokemon running around and it turns yeah, there's out it's all like these a robotic. Yeah, it's like a... Oh, yeah. It's like a Michael Crichton island. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah, so, then like that's where they have the line where it's like, there's no such thing as a bad Pokemon. Pokemon mm. do bad things because their masters are bad. Yeah. <laughs> but then Meowth is like, I'm bad, fuck you. <laughs> Which like, what... What do we know? It's like autonomy and you know consciousness breeds um, hostility and evil. Well, but yeah. uh, but yeah, Team America though. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a good movie. It's oh, still, it's a fantastic it still holds movie. up, but yeah, it can like, I can see why maybe we're not so psyched to talk about it because maybe it's like, oh, do people really think about us this way? You know, <laughs> like my yes. my cousin doesn't like the boys because of evil Superman. You know, and I'm like, look at it. <laughs> oh really interesting yeah. it's like he grew up with like superman as being like oh truth justice the american way it's like this is your truth this is your justice this is the american way this would be superman if he was real yeah look at it no i don't think so <laughs> if he was an american he would if he oh, was yeah. an american he wouldn't he would be super cool even especially if he was american look i'll Look, I'll let it be that your DC version of Superman is not evil, but don't, yeah. And I'll let it be. You can't be, convince me that real Superman wouldn't be a fucking nightmare. And I'll let it be that you think America is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you don't like America. I never said that. I, for one, he's love a, George Bush. He's not a patriot. Ah, uh, yes. So. I'll bet he's a flag burning commie. Ugh. Ugh. Flags. <laughs> Yeah. No, but the, I, I, I'd say that Team America is still, to this day, probably their most technological achievement. Oh, which yeah, is no, saying that's an a amazing lot, movie. Like no one has done this before or since. Yeah, it's really like, funny. A puppet to, movie this ambitious. A, pup, a puppet yeah. action movie. <laughs> it's really saying something because they they were like, oh, we want to we want to do something that doesn't involve computer graphics and just go completely low tech. No, and there's like, there's very few computer graphics in it, you know? It's amazing. And there's a very impressive prop work that I've got looked up. And some and it's incredible shot on miniatures. These are all shot on film. It's and insane no. to me that these are three movies by Trey Parker shot on celluloid. <laughs> I'm, I'm so stoked that this served as the catalyst to do this episode, because I think I was the one that brought it up to you guys, like, dudes, Team America's 20 years old this year. We should try to find a way to shoehorn it in. <laughs> I can't believe that's 20 years old. That's so weird. That means I saw it when I was 11? Yeah. 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 I'm too, I was too young. <laughs> you know bad we, bad parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know our, our parents have different tastes yeah but, uh, this this was my first time watching both orgasmo and cannibal though like i'd seen team america a bunch of times i mean i hadn't seen it in a long time at the point in time that we watched this last weekend but uh i'd seen that one a bunch before but i hadn't seen the other two and i was very pleasantly surprised with both of them. Like I thoroughly enjoyed both of those movies. No, no, I've always loved Cannibal the Musical. I saw Orgasmo once before, and you know, 
I actually liked it more this time around because mm-hmm. I was just able to just like lean back on it a little bit. Like, it's a yeah, movie it's that, really good. It's a movie that I consistently seen brought up in like worst movies of all time lists, which is really unfair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. I, I've honestly tried to remember which I had ever seen in order. I think I might have seen Team America before I had ever actually seen South Park. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That makes sense. And and then I think after Team America, then Chris, I think you showed me Cannibal the Musical. And I haven't seen Orgasmo until, you know, uh, until last week. Which I was very surprised with Orgasmo. Yeah. I think I really, I, I, I actually really liked Orgasmo a lot. Yeah, me too. No, <laughs> it's so an, unique. In an era of superhero movies, like, you know, kind of getting like overblown, like this is a superhero movie I can really get behind. It's, it's, it's in oh. that weird time of superhero movies where like it was mostly like rubber suited crap, you know, yeah. like you got your steel and your batman forever and you're like we didn't even have x-men at this point no we no, didn't know yeah this was like before superhero movies got good again like after the michael keaton era yeah you know i think it was like 98 that movie came out yeah there was a solid 10 years of like almost no good superhero shit i think yeah, yeah. i think so actually but uh yeah no x-men changed the game i think that yeah i'm pretty sure i'll, I'll solidly say that gap is between batman uh returns and then Blade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just about to bring up Blade because Blade, yeah. You I can't... forget it's a comic book movie sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so it, it bears so little resemblance to the comic. Yeah, but the comic book is stupid. The comic is very stupid. <laughs> yeah, so he uses a wooden knife. Yeah. One of the few instances where the movie adaptation bests the comic. And his exactly. costume looks like shit. It's like, you know, it's like a green drab jacket and then he's got an afro and everything. It's like, it's so painfully like that exploitative. Been, that would have been cool. blue sunglasses that they used to give all Marvel characters. So yeah. They didn't have to draw eyes. Well, yeah. also because, and also they couldn't do black because that'd be too much for the inking. That would have been cool though if um, uh, Wesley Snipes had kept the afro for his blade. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? It was the nineties. He had to have like oh, a cool. He had to had to ha- have the high fade. But oh. even then, I think that would have looked too. Come on, like Wesley Snipes. That would have been awesome with that and that like style of the film. That would have looked ridiculous. Hell yeah, that would have been that awesome. That would have been. That's basically a Matt uh, a Matt Parker. Trey Stone movie. I'm sticking with my misnaming. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there is a lot of Blade references throughout South Park. Yeah, there is. Like when uh, Jesus throws the like ninja star, then puts on the blade sunglasses and it chops dudes in half. Yeah, and it's like the oh, I think it's glaive. like the crawl glaze, yeah. but then he like puts on the blade sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh God. Now and these guys. Um, in these movies, you know, there's a lot of jokes about, at least in the first two, there's a lot of jokes about the Mormon religion. Yep, because, you know, they were, they were Colorado boys, so they were deep in the uh, Mormon territory. Just, like, all of them. All of them, just everywhere, just being like, hey, can we can we nicely come in and, like, talk to you about Jesus in our third <laughs> book? Now, um, Book of Mormon is, uh, they're, of course, a Tony Award winning. Yeah, no, winning. Musical, I which can- is really good. I can't believe it took them that long to get to Broadway, you know? With how much they love fucking musicals. I mean, they it's weird because like they they almost aged into becoming like respected artists, I guess. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I can see it. Like so, but now they're like yeah, now they're like legitimate. Uh I wish they were doing more stuff outside of South Park. You know, I, I do wonder about that, like, you know, how much did they like wish that they were outside of South Park? Because 
if you do watch some of their more recent specials, like the whole like what is it? What's it called? McCavity Farm or something? Like the the, the weed ranch that Randy started. Well, that's like that's, oh, Tegrity Farm. Te- yeah, that's been going on for years though. Well, well, that my my point to it is that I feel like the Tegrity Farm shit is basically Parker and Stone going like, yeah, I'm not making for the the show for anybody except me. Like, I don't think they really give a shit about like doing the other characters, you know, the ones people like. Yeah, and they just want to do s- stuff. And I, I wonder if it's that comes from part of it being unable to like branch out of south park yeah could yeah, be it's like it's a victim you know you become a victim of your own success yeah you know it's like and like i feel like i feel like matt Groening's had an easier time getting out of simpsons well he has futurama and then he did disenchantment which is not bad yeah i just i, I wasn't a huge fan of disenchanted but here it's gotten better as the show's gone on at I've, least they both fare better than seth mcfarlane outside of family guy and american dad i mean <laughs> he has a whole sci-fi franchise that Upwards of four people like. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. The Orwell. Oh, I thought you meant Ted. Ah, <laughs> Ted is a sci-fi franchise. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're, that show that's going on? I know. They're doing a Young Sheldon for Ted. Oh, God. It's Young Sheldon everything. Ted, Ted Seth MacFarlane is like fucking like Trey Parker and Matt Stone divided by zero. <laughs> Well, I think we should, uh, with that, let's uh, go into their first movie. Cannibal the Musical. The year is 1993. I'm one. You are? I'm one years old in 1993. Huh. Yeah. Asked to lead a party of fellow miners through a Colorado mountain. His inability to lead is matched only by his inability to keep those around him happy, even his own horse. After meeting trappers, confederates, and natives, his party died one by one and were eventually devoured. A deed so grisly, not even the state could make him pay for such ills. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> exactly. So you're trying to do the opening crawl. Yeah, the exactly. John, the you, John Larroquette. You nailed thing. it. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> it's awesome. so wild to me that John Larroquette's on Night Court, and that uh, that's what he's known for. You know, and that's what I said about Texas Chainsaw Massacre because yeah. I knew Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I can't believe the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in Night Court. It's like, and he's like, I can't believe the guy from Night Court was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that they paid him in weed to do that crawl. They paid him in a joint, which I'm like, man, God, it was Texas weed too, so it was probably garbage. <laughs> you know, you know, it's another really weird John Larroquette performance. Hmm. He's uh he's he's the second in command on the uh, Klingon ship in uh, Star Trek Three. Speaking of Star Trek, this opens with a <laughs> great Star Trek reference. With the oh the yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, so we we open with an amazing gore scene. Oh yeah, where <laughs> and this is where actually a lot of the makeup budget is spent in the movie. Is it's a vision of Alfred Packer murdering and eating all of his friends like like jason Voorhees, but cannibalism you know like and he's going like gah, 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 gah. you know what it kind of re- it kind of reminds me of like bad taste style like gore effects this is too. very bad taste you know like very goopy and just like the sound effects just and he like pulls a guy's jaw open yeah that was, pretty awesome. that was awesome oh my god 
And it's like, it's Trey Parker as Alfred Packer. And it's like, this is insane. And then we cut to a courtroom. And they and the lawyer, the prosecuting lawyer is like, and then he cuts up the bodies, and we hear Mr. Garrison voice for the first time in the background of the court, going, "Oh, gross!" Because <laughs> <laughs> one thing I love about Trey Parker is he'll just add his voice for random characters. Yeah, he's Trey, Trey Parker is pretty talented. Multiple voices, singing, writing, speaks Japanese, karate, karate. So pretty much everything Seth MacFarlane isn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, right? He's what <laughs> Seth MacFarlane wishes he was. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, you know, and I feel like in another time, Trey Parker could have been an interesting, like, leading man person. No, I don't. I I want to get into that for sure. And uh, but yeah, it cuts to his face, and he says, "But that's not the way it happened," which is literally a reference to like the original Star Trek episode mm-hmm. with um fucking Captain Pike. Yeah, Captain Pike is in the wheelchair. Yeah, the, which like South Park has referenced many times the wheelchair with the beeping. <laughs> yeah, they love doing that one. <laughs> The person with the face, like all fucked up, it's pretty like, much like the Stephen Hawking type. Yeah, yeah but yeah. they like had that where the teacher, like they set fire to the teacher because they thought they could put it out by peeing on it. Oh, that's right. And then yeah, the kids yeah. in jail for years. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they get out, he they, they cause another fire. They blame him again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Trent Boyette is a liar, sir. <laughs> oh God. They have another character like that too in uh, another episode. I forget who was. Uh, uh, who was the the main subject of this? But uh, they were terrified of strangers, and uh, they see a guy whose electric wheelchair died on the train tracks. It's like, oh, it's a young man. Oh yeah, and they're trying to me. get him to. Yeah, his battery is. Yeah, can you just just push me off the tracks? No, you're a stranger. Hey, please, the train's coming. It's co- I can't get off. No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that was so fucked up. <laughs> No, so, and then we uh, meet Alfred Packer, and uh, this is a really interesting independent movie because they definitely swung for the fences. It's filmed in clearly one of those, like, old-timey, like, gold rush towns that they have set up. Like a a reenactment type town. Exactly. A lot of these actors are reenactors, from what I understand, and... You know, the story of Alfred Packer is like a legend in Colorado. You know, yeah. They have like a celebration where they eat barbecue and shit every year. So <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's like if we made a really good Swamp Ape musical. Anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like this is amazing. And like they do the kind of animated intros where they have like an overture of all the different songs. <laughs> Yeah, and then everything, and it's set to the, like those kind of jury, uh, not court drawing type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like all sorts of court illustrations, which is kind of neat. No, and you know we have a really good framing device, which is uh, Polly Pry, who's like a real woman who wrote the who wrote the story of Alfred Packer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a character who's trying to interview him while he's in a jail cell. Yeah, and he's like building a little wooden house, which is apparently what he really did. <laughs> huh. But um, Cute and he's going detail. into he's going into his story about how he and his horse Leanne were the best of friends, and they decided to go to Colorado territory to try to strike it rich with a bunch of other fellow gold diggers. But uh, it's amazing intro where he's singing one of my favorite songs of this movie, which is a uh, it's a Spadoinkle day. Apparently, Spadoinkle was a, a placeholder lyric. Yeah, no, and then they just never figured out something else, so they just kept it. <laughs> Which, I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to put. Spadoinkle day and... Yeah, no, it's basically an Oklahoma parody. 
Apparently, uh, Alfred Pecker also tried to be like a soldier for a couple times. Like, like he started off trying to be a shoe salesman, but that didn't go anywhere. And so he joined the army, but he had epilepsy. And so they kicked him out. And then he joined the army again with another unit. And then they found out he had epilepsy as well. They and they him kicked out him also. out too. <laughs> so basically, he was a professional loser. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't need to talk about all that because it's about the horse. Yeah, it's about the horse, which, you know, is uh, named after his fiance who cheated on him. Trey Parker's fiance. Yeah, not Alfred Packer's fiance. She's dead. She she died. Of, you know, age. She was She was brained by age age <laughs> also known as dementia now i know we po- i pointed out that uh, their logo at the end of south park like the brain if logo is which is the song spredoinkel do you guys have a favorite song from cannibal the musical man i i really love uh that's all we're asking for. I yeah. think it's really good. Oh, I That's love the, the repri- comes to mind. I love the reprise because yeah. Like, yeah, at first they're like all like, "Hey, we're going to we're going to Colorado to get our gold." And we're then, gonna get our gold. I'm gonna start a shop. I'm gonna be a butcher. I'm gonna be a preacher. And then it's like, I just don't want to die. That's all we're asking for. <laughs> yeah. Later on, when they're starving, it's like, forget our piece of pie. We just don't want to die. <laughs> We've had some rotten luck. We can't take it anymore. We don't care if we're forever poor. <laughs> this movie does get harrowing. And I was like thinking about it. It's like, yeah, they had to do like all the shit that Leonardo DiCaprio did for The Revenant. Yeah. Where's their Oscar? <laughs> and, and they almost, a lot of them almost died. Like yeah. I think, uh, I, 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 like Trey Parker had like a got a hairline fracture, oh fuck, in his skull at one point hitting a rock. Yeah, and then on top, and then the Swan, the first guy that dies in the group. So you know how they did that squib, where he gets shot in the head, where, yeah. the, where the hat goes off. So they put a squib with a firecracker on the back oh, of it. Oh Jesus his Christ! Neck. Oh my God! <laughs> So they blew a firecracker on his skin for that squib. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Terrible. And, and then I think one of the producers almost died in an avalanche. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. Okay, so Briggs. Yes. Okay, so there's a character in this um, named uh, named uh, George Noon, played by Di- uh, Deanne Bechar. Mm-hmm. He's like the little dude who's oh, like... Oh, yeah, who comes try- back in orgasmo. He yeah. comes back in orgasmo, and his whole thing is that he just wants to get laid. Yeah. His dad is played by Stan Brackage. Who's Stan Brackage? Fuck you guys. He's the avant-garde filmmaker. He did Mothlight. Fuck you. <laughs> we did to film school. <laughs> you know the strip of film that's just like all the moth wings... No. Ah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, someone paid attention in film yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. This is, why, is this why you went to film school with him, Briggs? To copy his homework? Oh, no. I, I didn't I just have ended homework. It. Yeah, I just ended up there. I don't even know how I got there. So it's there. John Hegel who played Swan, the guy who got his head blown up with a firecracker. Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah, but... And we have some uh, really good makeup gags throughout this, like... One point, they're just walking. It's like, oh, hey, watch out for that bear trap. And one oh, of yeah. steps in a bear trap. And then, like, yeah, that he starts getting like gangrene, and he's the one who allegedly goes crazy later on and starts killing. He's the one who shoots Swan. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, my favorite song is probably uh, Let's Build a Snowman. We can make him our best friend. We can make him Tom or we can make him Paul. <laughs> you know what? I, yeah, actually, you know what? It's another one that I did really like. I really liked uh, the uh, the one at the end where the whole town is. Oh, oh hang the bastard, all, like, hang him high. They're all excited to kill him. To the sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's a wonderful student and independent theaters that put on cannibal the musical uh-huh. so i encourage you as you guys and as listeners to look up clips of cannibal the musical like staged versions live yeah <laughs> these have... are all honestly these got a lot of great songs and like my biggest complaint about orgasmo is that there's only one trey parker song in it well, i mean you know it, it was a hard sell yeah i know but team it. america has like a fucking six good songs roughly <laughs> yeah this has like five or six really solid bangers it really is impressive that he made this in film school, and then I think there's. Like I think a, like post film school, yeah, but like. Well, there's a story about how apparently, like, he he did like you know have to like go around doing like showings of this movie to theaters, and, and suppose and there's a story that he apparently like got kicked out of film school, uh, because he was doing that, uh, but he didn't. He he graduated. Okay, well based either way. Yeah, either yeah. way. Based. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know, it's like. Film school is awesome and everything, but make films is the most important thing to do to learn. Unless you're Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> you can make all the things in the world and still not know who Stan fucking Brackage is. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> I'm you're sorry. Dead. He keeps Quit. saying this name and I just have no idea who he's Sam, you should about. also know who Stan Brackage is. <laughs> should I? Haven't you ever taken an experimental film class? No. I haven't even taken an experimental film class. You guys suck. <laughs> Floyd would get me. Floyd would be like, oh, wow. And that would be, like, huge for him. <laughs> that's, that's like him being like, oh, my God, you guys. <sighs> I'm going to text him after we're done and see, hey, do you know who Stan this Brackages? guy is? I'll, I'll text him right now. <laughs> I'll do it in the chat with all you guys. <laughs> Sam, read something from your pad. <laughs> so, so I have an iPad, which I keep notes for. <laughs> And uh, and and as a description of the group, I have on here that says, "Guide preacher, positive guy, negative guy, young guy, and Jewish guy." <laughs> Didn't you know? It's interesting that so Matt, Matt Stone plays the Jewish guy, but he's also, you know, we shouldn't call him the Jewish guy, but he is very whiny. <laughs> yeah, he's very whiny. And but his... the whole joke is that his dad like makes him go on the trip, and he really doesn't want to go. <laughs> it's like, son, don't argue with me. And his younger, he's got a younger brother. He's like, ha, <laughs> and the yeah, and he's a, he does the uh, South Park joke where he takes off his hat and he's got a huge, like, just massive curly red hair under there. Like we said, there's a lot of proto South Park jokes in here. The hair, Mr. Garrison's voice, even Cartman's voice can be heard singing the opening song in yeah, the when background they, when they go to the <laughs> when they go into a saloon or a store at one point. Yeah, a lady is a, store, and a lady just... is singing with Cartman's voice. Man, the sky is blue, green. The absolute validation right now at seeing Floyd's reply. <laughs> anyway sorry we watch actual movies Kreider. okay we listen we pay attention to actual filmmakers you know uh anyway um you know and also at the end they meet uh well even before the end they meet some interesting characters like an actual alfred packer uh performer 
uh, they meet on the way. He's, he he tells them, "You oh, yeah. boys are doomed." Nice little Friday the Thirteenth yeah, reference. Friday the Thirteenth homage. Like, yeah, he's got a curse on him. I gotta warn you. And, and it's Trey Parker doing that voice as well. Because <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of dubbing in this movie. Like apparently, uh, apparently he dubbed over a. When they meet the Native Americans, oh uh, yeah, he's dubbing all. He's dubbing both of them, right? Yeah, he's dubbing both of them, and he says things in Japanese like uh, "Jesus is dead," uh, "I hate you," "You're stupid," "This is a terrible movie." <laughs> like he says that in in, in Japanese, which uh, you want to talk about that real quick. The Native Americans are all played by Japanese people. Oh, that was great. And Dude, I honestly think that that is the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> and like, especially because like, for them, it's like this weird like, oh, you don't think we're Indians? We are. We have teepees. <laughs> yeah, be careful with the voice. But yeah. <laughs> nah, you know, they can now, get who is with the, it, so can I. <laughs> who is the actor who played the chief? Because uh, he's hilarious, he pops up again in Orgasmo. And you said he was their uh, one of their instructors, right? I believe so. Maseo Maki. Okay, was he one of their teachers? Doesn't say so. All right. Well, perhaps I heard, I had heard he was. He's uh, very funny though. He's the uh, chief, and um, no, he's very very funny. <laughs> yeah. So all the chi- all the Indians are Japanese people, and they're all doing karate in the, on the field a, let's not call them indians that's offensive we should call them by their tribe name the nihon jin which in japanese means japanese people yes which they are not which they're not they're indians which is offensive so they're the nihon jin no no we we have our quote-unquote antagonists uh outside of the elements uh the you trappers have, you have the trappers yeah which are three weird like vaguely french canadian guys yeah they're the lead guys named frenchy and like they got some great he's really good dental prosthetics it's so weird that they like are like three canadian guys even though this is in colorado um, I think that I think that applies. Though. Yeah, that that that, that tracks. French Canadians were all about the trapping, dude. Yeah, didn't you watch Prey? Didn't you watch fucking The Revenant? Um, yeah, both of both of those. So okay, that's fair. Man, this movie, Prey and The Revenant, are all happening at the same time canonically. Think about that. Think about it at any time. Wait, was or... wait? Does this take place in the 1700s? No, this isn't like this the, is uh, the 1800s. Yeah, no, like, prey predates this by like a hundred years. Then, yeah, or because, more. Yeah, there could still be a predator crawling around. Yeah, there could be. Can't there, wait for Badlands. This is also yeah. this is also Mormonism land we're talking about, and that, and that didn't get uh, discovered until like the 1880s. And no, you know, this no. is also this is uh, Wild West or 1800s America. So, what the fuck even is a border between Canada and the United States? French Canadians could just like you know come on down and do trapping. <laughs> that, that could still actually be Louisiana Purchase Territory. It could be. Now, and um, also another movie about Mormons that's a Western that's really grim in the snow, The Great Silence. Oh, yes. That's yeah. a really good one. That sounds yeah. familiar. That's the one about the mute uh, gunman who is, who's got a Mauser. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got Klaus Kinski as yeah. the villain. Klaus Kinski is the bad guy. It's you fucking know, great. I've never actually gotten to see that one. It's yeah, Sergio ending... Corbucci's big follow-up to Django. The ending That's pissed good. me off, though. Yeah, Briggs is a... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so this is like... I can see producing this was must have been a challenge because they literally go through every type of element you can imagine. They're in, like, desert areas. Uh, they go through an actual stream. 
Yeah. They go through snow, you know, and I'm like, man, there's no special effects. These guys are just fucking hoofing it. They're just doing it. And like, this is in 93, like, this is the era of the SOV, you know, independent horror film. Yep. But they did not want to do that. They wanted to commit and maybe get like some sort of distribution deal, which I respect. Yep. Didn't happen, but I respect that. Those poor guys, they respect really... Respect the hustle. They hustled a lot in those times, too. No, and like... It you know it's it's encouraging because like they did a lot of shit before they like hit so you know it's like I think the lesson is to just keep making shit but um yeah we got the Cyclops so like this movie dips into a little bit of like the Odyssey Which where is, there's like homages to the Odyssey what, 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 you you think they that there was a, like a, a like a draft of the script where it was a little more Odyssey esque. I Maybe. mean, they people they try to argue that it's all supposed to be the Odyssey, but like, there's definitely, you know, only the only obvious parallel is the uh, Cyclops. Yeah. But then obviously the story of like everybody else dying except for the main dude. Yeah, I guess it is mostly fairly Odyssey esque. My favorite joke in this whole movie, though, what is um after it's discovered that he ate his compatriots, uh, they run him out of town and he escapes to Wyoming and he's like. I should have just let them kill me. She's like, why? It's like, have you ever been to Wyoming? And it just oh, yeah. cuts to him in this barren like landscape. Hello? And he's like, uh, hello? Anyone? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it's, I love the idea that Wyoming is like a giant back rooms. I, th- I think <laughs> I, I, my favorite joke is uh, like uh, they're going to the mine. And it's like at the beginning of the movie. And, uh, they're pa- and there's a body being carried away. Covered in a blanket, smoking. Yeah, smoking and like <laughs> curled up in pain. And it's like, like... Lucky Joe got struck by lightning. Oh, is he going to be okay? Just <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like fucked up, just like almost like weirdly naive delivery of jokes like that. No, and like that's kind of his... You see that character a little bit in his character in Orgasmo. Who's like just sort of sweet and stupid, you know? It's, it's like, like, well, what? I think we'll be okay. <laughs> or that, or that one bit where it's like the pre- the priest is telling him, "Come on, you gotta be a little more constructive." And it's like, okay, well, fuck you. How's that for constructive? <laughs> now and um, so Shannon Bell, who's got the uh, gangrene from the bear trap, <laughs> like, um, yeah, after they shoot, um. They shoot Swan because he wants to build a snowman again. And they're all dying and starving and cold. <laughs> so they just shoot him in the <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Swan. <laughs> so Shannon shoots him in the head. And then they're feeling really bad. And they're like, oh, look at him. It looks like he's going to sing a song. And they zoom in on the corpse. He's got a big smile <laughs> on his face. you think that the corpse is going to start singing those and that's when they decide that they're going to try human flesh and like Matt Stone gets really into it. Yeah, and it's funny because the scene before that, Matt Stone's character is like, oh, eat our shoes. You put your, it's like you you put your feet your... in there. And then later on, he's eating a foot. <laughs> <laughs> and next morning, he's like, oh, I'm starving. Is there any more swan? I want, I want breakfast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Stone is like weirdly psychotic in that movie. Now and um, so like they're still starving and like so, uh, Alfred is like I'm gonna go over, I'm gonna go over this path to see if there's a way out and you can see in the map that they're just getting more and more lost. I love the the map being like yeah we have the map being drawn on with like a little red marker to show their Kinda progress. Like the Raiders of the Lost Ark exactly. exactly. 
No, and he comes back and like Shannon's killed everybody. And you see just like this fucking like classic murder scene where one of them has like the butcher's knife in their crotch. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and then yeah, we have a classic Friday thirteenth fight where he's like trying to kill he's trying to kill Shannon, but he keeps Shannon keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah. What is it? He like hits him in the face with the butcher knife. Yeah, he cl- yeah he puts a cleaver in his face, and then he shoots. Then him. he shoots him. No, wait, no. First he stabs him in the other eye with the stick, and, and then he then he shoots, shoots him. him. Well, and then there's also the pickaxe. Yeah, and then he does the pickaxe to his chest. Oh yeah, right. He does the he does the pickaxe to the chest. Then he shoots him. <laughs> no, no. He ends with the pickaxe, which kind of like leaves a bit, of, and then he does like. He's like waiting for him to pop back up again, and he like pretends to walk away, and then comes back. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's so good, man. Trey Parker's so such a good actor in this. Like his performance is really committed. It plays him very like innocent, nice guy. It, it it's kind of like Ed Wood with Johnny Depp in a way. It's like, oh, I'm the peppy young guy, young buck in the the story. Yeah, I know. And like, actually, in all three of these movies, he plays a version of that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. even Gary in Team America to an extent. Yeah, yeah like... you know, in a way, he's playing the exact same character in all three. Yeah, well, he plays two characters like that in Team America because he's also the fucking what's his name, the quarterback guy. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's like I sure would like to show her a nine in the cornfields. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll get there, but um, this is you know for an independent movie made in the nineties, really fucking good. Uh, I think it actually holds up better than like something like a Clerks or something that gets a lot more attention. You mm-hmm. know, like this is something that more people should watch. It's a bummer that it became a trauma film because I think maybe people like look down on it as a trauma film. Uh, I mean, trauma's not exactly great. <laughs> I thought there was more to that statement, but yeah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but it's a but it's a shame that uh Parker and Stone got screwed over like that. I mean, you know, maybe they wouldn't have made South Park without like I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a, you know, it can, I mean, in the in in the moment when you're, it's like, yeah, we got a movie out there, we didn't get any money for it, and, no, and he it's... literally told them straight up, it's like people will watch your movie, but you probably won't ever see a dime. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and I bought this crappy DVD. <laughs> of course you did. It's trauma. Yeah, I bought it from Lloyd Kaufman. Did he sign it? No, he signed my book. I didn't want him to sign a movie that he didn't make. Ah, okay, <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> Don't I, had him, him, I had to sign his. I had him sign his horrible book. Don't give <laughs> it's him not bad. It's a good book. Make your own damn movie is good. It just has a lot of poorly aged advice. <laughs> it also has a whole section where he talks about how he doesn't think women can be uh, cinematographers. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and he refers to women as gynos. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman. Uncle Lloyd. Uncle Lloyd. Yeah, he's literally like your racist uncle on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I mean, granted, I haven't heard anything racist yet. No, he's just like, just know, like he's a... kind of like an, just an old 70-year-old dude rambling to you about bullshit that he's made in the past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But uh, Cannibal the Musical, recommend it. It's on Tubi, you guys. You can watch it. Not super quality, but it's pretty good. I mean, you know, for what you can get when it comes to streaming a movie that weird, I mean... Used to be, you know, shooting in a square format was a necessity. 
Yeah, exactly. Now it's all like fancy, like, ooh, we're choosing to do a square format. Well, this is Robert Eggers. <laughs> My name's Emerald Fennell. I don't know who that is. That's the lady who directed Saltburn. That's pregnant oh, yeah. Barbie, motherfucker. Man, you oh, really just right. don't know what a You don't retain is. knowledge. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> What's a movie? <laughs> What's a fucking movie? <laughs> to me, films aren't films. <laughs> well, what are they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much that, uh, that, that opening scene cost, by the way? I forgot to admit. Oh yeah, I knew that was a lot of the budget, but like five thousand dollars or four, what? well, four thousand dollars. But yeah, I, I can imagine because they're doing like casting and and like you know actual molds of people's faces to get that stretch effect. That that was that really is a great. It's so Army of Darkness. No, and I love the idea of you know having an opening that's very um, <laughs> not like, the movie. Well, not just not the movie, just like really grab people. And like Cabin in the Woods, weirdly enough, does like a very similar opening and also has a similar color effect. <laughs> Eli Roth. Anyway. Oh, Cabin. Wait, you said Cabin in the Woods. Sorry, Cabin Fever. I okay. Do, I do that a lot. All right. I was about to say, I don't remember Cabin in the Woods having a like brutal cold opening. Yeah, it like didn't. No, Cabin Fever has an opening where the guy finds the dead dog, and then it's like, yeah, they have a similar color color pallor where it's kind of gray except for the reds. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if Eli Roth made Cabin in the Woods, it would have been a much worse film anyway. than it already is. Anyway, since we do remakes of musicals now, like West Side Story... Hey, yes, time well, to go back to Cannibal. Let's do a fancy Cannibal the Musical. Ah, yes, let's. We should totally do that. Who would you cast for a, a remake of Cannibal the Musical? Well, Jared Leto. <laughs> Ooh, Jared Leto would be interesting. That I, would I, actually be... He, he looks apart. It's a shame that, you know, he's getting so old. But yeah, no, you know, Robert Pattinson. Uh, <laughs> Robert Pattinson <laughs> is Alfred Packer. Oh, that would be great. That would be so funny. <laughs> Got to use Ansel Elgohort in there somewhere because he's a Broadway kid. I think Ansel Elgohort should play the preacher. All right. And we bring in <laughs> Josh Gad, of course. Yeah, bring in Josh Gad to play uh, Matt Stone's character. Yeah, so, okay, so they they had a song in this called Let's Build a Snowman. Josh Gad had his breakout success in Book of Mormon. Josh Gad played a snowman in a movie featuring a song called Do You Want to Build a Snowman? In which he was built as a snowman. Josh Gad is the bridge between Trey Parker and Matt Stone and Frozen. <laughs> I saw him in the Book of Mormon. It was great. Oh, that's really... Wait, well, he, like you actually got to see him in Book of Mormon? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That was tight. You know, I, like on Broadway or was it performing locally? It was in. It was at the Broward Center. Wow, I didn't... You know, I thought when like Broadway musicals went to other theaters, I thought they just got other fucking people. No, not always. You like see, they would get you, like you tour. You, you get. I thought maybe they'd get like you know Florida's equivalent to Josh Gad. No, you know? <laughs> Tosh Nad. Josh Florida's equivalent to Josh Gad is like a really dangerous Latino guy. <laughs> Gosh <laughs> darn. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this movie's good. It's uh, it's almost uh. Yeah, it's too good. It's like there's a lot of just like gags we could talk about. Like at the end when he gives the horse to the to the Indian chief, and you just hear him kill the horse off the like, You don't that. want the horse? It's he like, just pulls no. His sword, it pulls out a katana. <laughs> and he just... walks away, and you can hear. <laughs> so funny. I, I I love, and also uh, the preacher comes back at the end too. Yeah, just one more gag. Just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> he's just fine still. I oh god, and 
I, I love the the weird like acting that you can see in the background. So like for example, the sheriff of the town, he like walks really weird, and and he like he, he talks like he's super drunk. It's like, hey, now there, young lady, this this prisoner just leaves alone. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of weird acting choices in this because it's, it's a student film. Uh, apparently, for the uh, when they were shooting the Hang 'em High scene, uh, apparently there were uh, MTV duders there to actually like uh, record and like basically build up press for the whole thing. And this was the first time that the actual producer for the movie came to like help. And she's even the same producer that would eventually help them with South Park. Well, that's oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's people stick around. People stick around. Apparently, they're very good friends, her and uh, Trey. Nice. Well, that makes me happy. Yeah. So, I, I, it's, so, it's so nice when you can, like, you know, just, like, have that kind of, like, s- s- like, carry on of, like, performers going on from point A and forward, you know? It's almost as, it's almost as nice as how, like, Kevin Smith, like, still kind of tries to work with all the actors from Clerks. No, and you know, watching these movies makes me feel that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the superior Kevin Smith. I can orga- see that. Yeah. Orgasma has a lot of overlap with Mallrats, in my opinion. They sure have a lot of, uh, you know, superior versions of who they are to others. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to rate this bad boy? <laughs> yeah, y'all go first. Eight out of ten. Okay. Because, you know, it, it, it is really good. And like it's it's a bit hairy in the quality, uh, but it's also very charming in the quality. Yeah, and, no. And I love the I songs. The songs are great. <laughs> I, I I remember my first time seeing this movie. Uh, I think you let you because you let me borrow a crater, and I watched it with my dad because my dad was like, "The fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Did he enjoy it? Oh yeah, he loved it. Did he make it through? He made it through. It was just like I love the songs, but I didn't expect there to be so much like killing. I know, dude. This, movie's, this movie has it all. What do you give it? Uh, nine out of ten. I think I'm gonna go seven out of ten on this one. I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, you can definitely tell it's kind of held together by scotch tape and hope. But yeah, um, yeah you know, is. like Sam said, the songs are great. The gore is fucking amazing. That and, one scene uh, of gore. And you know, it helped us get South Park in the end. So it put it gave us our first glimpse of Stone and Parker. So. Now and like, it is truly the first intelligent movie about cannibalism. Yeah, I can't really think of too many. I mean, you cannibal holocaust. Hell yeah, not, very not intelligent. That, not that smart. No, um, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, you're wrong. I, I haven't seen it. So, exactly. You know, Why are you talking I, shit? Yeah, stop talking shit. Uh, just turtles. Cut the mics. <laughs> Orgasmo. The only thing Joe Young ever wanted in life was to spread the word of the Lord and support his wonderful fiance. But when the mob offers him more money than he's ever known in exchange for sacrificing his values, he's powerless to stand up for what he believes. Coerced into explicit sexual performance, pretending to be a good man, he makes friends with a co-star who coerces him into becoming a true hero. Pulled along on all sides, he finally makes the decision when the ones he loves are threatened, taking the law and God's judgment into his own hands, swearing to clean up the city for his sins. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) 
You know, it, yeah, it yeah. could be a it could be a very dramatic movie if it wanted to be. Yeah, this could have been an Alan Moore comic. Uh, you know, I really f- think Alan Moore would have actually liked this as a comic. Yeah, no, Alan Moore would have appreciated this for once. He love he loves like you know, uh, good writing. He uh he hates superheroes. Exactly, and this movie is not you know your standard superhero bullshit. And he <laughs> loves sex and porn. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. He likes porn. Yeah, he does. Haven't you ever heard of Lost Girls? I mean, I thought that was just dirty. Well, yeah, but you know, he was a his, his motivation in making it was making more artistic porn. Hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, here, Briggs. If you never heard of it, it's uh, the sexual adventures of uh, Wendy Darling, mm-hmm. uh, Alice Ramon Nelson, <laughs> and and Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Haven't you ever worried about what their O faces look like? No. And they're the uh, and, and there's and it's about them meeting as older women. And then talking about, oh, here's what my sexual adventures were like when I was young, and here's the sexual adventures of, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland, uh, the, uh, 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 the the Wizard of Oz, and uh, Peter Pan. Yeah, I'm never gonna look that up. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, because life's too short, Sam. Yeah, so you're missing out. And you're also missing out on Orgasmo, another artistic porn, I'd say. Oh, I'm not missing out on it. I loved Orgasmo. That was great. Yeah. Now, well, like this movie, it's NC-17, which is really interesting because it has no female nudity and all you see are male butts. Yeah. Like anytime you're about to get some like top nudity for women, it's cut off by a giant hairy ass coming into the <laughs> fucking camera. Which is kind of a joke on like, if you watch old pornography, like that would be how it is where, you know... You're like watching a hot girl, and then right when you're about to come, it cuts to a guy's ass. Like, oh no! Yeah, there's now like, I'm gay forever. Sometimes it's just weird, like <laughs> camera and editing work in like some pornos, where it's like, oh, you're wa- you're watching the girl have sex, and then suddenly there's it zooms in on the guy having an O face, and it's like, no, whoa, stop! Oh. <laughs> no, and I've only and I've only edited one or two pornos, but anytime I did, I did not like use that takes, and I'm like, why did you film that? <laughs> i wish floyd was here for this conversation yeah well i'm angry at floyd <laughs> not just... knowing who stan fucking brackage is you fucking uneducated pieces of filth based floyd <laughs> okay, I, 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 I don't i don't want to take place in any confrontation here <laughs> Hey, you didn't know who yeah, he was fuck either. Fuck you, Sam. You didn't. You should know things. <laughs> yeah. Well, why should I have to know things? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Orgasmo, a movie that uh, you know it took a lot to get made and a lot of begging to get made. And <laughs> so uh, we, so we was were it under, worth it? <laughs> I, I'd say it was I'd totally say, worth yeah, it. Yeah, I'd say it's worth. So it. we were under the impression at this point that, uh, and I think we at this point we know we falsely knew this, but we were under the impression that. One of them, most like, more likely, uh, Trey Parker was somehow involved with the Mormon Church growing up, but that's not the case, though. No, nope. right? that's not the case. His family, uh, as far as he knows, has no connection to the Mormon Church, and it's all just I lived in that area where Mormons were the most annoying. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. But you know, if you watch the Book of Mormon, 
um, the Mormon episodes of South Park, and even this, it's like they really don't make fun of Mormons. Yeah, no, because it's they're like, like oh, they're really nice people that are like really well put together and everything. And I, and even I've met a couple Mormons, and they're just like super chill dudes. Yeah, no, it's just like it's just your religion is stupid, but guess what? All religions are stupid. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so it's like you know. Like, like, even talking to, you know, that uh, this, this guy who I was friends with in college who was a Mormon, you know, he's a chill dude in art school, you know, and I was like, well, I, I think this can kind of, and unfortunately, the Book of Mormon had just come out, so I was a little bit of a dick to him, but he took it in stride, but I was like, look, I'm a Buddhist, man. Buddhism is also, it can also be really stupid sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but if you think about it, like, the original Testament is sort of like the prequels. And then, you know, you have uh, the 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 sequel. You have the quote unquote sequels, which are the Bible. You know, the uh, the everyone agrees they're the classics. And then there's the Book of Mormon, which is like you know the uh, Skywalker trilogy, the Disney trilogy. Yeah, exactly. Which is like you know, hey, you don't have to agree with that. Hey, go back and listen to that episode. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. <laughs> Wait, the Disney the Disney trilogy is called the Skywalker trilogy. No, the whole the whole thing, the whole nine film thing is the Skywalker saga. Oh, yeah. That's even stupider. It is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. I can't wait for the Ray trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. No, but this is um I hope Daisy Ridley has a good career. Yeah. Anyway. People were too mean to her. People were way too mean to her. At least she was a better actor than uh Hayden Christensen. I hope to one day cast her in a thing. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. That'd be great. Just have Daisy Ridley and like, yeah. Also, we have a gang beef with the guys from Please Don't Destroy. So if you guys are listening, we will destroy. (laughs) (laughs) So Orgasmo. Just planting that right now. So Orgasmo took a lot of work, a lot of begging. Uh, A lot of people weren't really digging the, the vibe of a superhero porno parody. And see that kind of that kind of blows my mind that this was a tougher film to do than Cannibal. Well, I mean, you know, when, it's bigger budget. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I wonder which is, I wonder which is more expensive. Well, because you're trying to make this one look a little bit more polished, and at least with a period piece, like you can kind of just film in the open. You know, probably thrift shop some of your clothes. Yeah, like he's wearing an actual his grandfather's actual World War Two. Like World War One, World trench War One, yeah, yeah. World War World War One trench coat, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, but um, no, yeah. I understand. Like this movie is like lit and shot pretty well, so it's like it's funny to see like South Park style jokes with like good lighting and dramatic effects and everything. <laughs> know, right? <laughs> and like this one almost feels trauma esque, but it's not a trauma movie. It does yeah. have that trauma quality, like it's. You mean very... that lack of quality where it's kind of flat? Yeah, where the yeah, that's what I was gonna. Yeah, exactly. Like the lighting is very colorful. Uh, I mean, not the light. The color saturation is very high, and the lighting is flat, and it looks like a cheap comedy. And yeah, almost like a John Waters type of thing. It's a very basketball comedy. Oh and, no! And of course, we're not talking about basketball. Yeah, well, actually, no. I do want to talk about basketball a little bit because Briggs wanted to watch basketball really badly. Oh yeah, you know me. Yeah, he was like, guys, He's like guys. The only thing I love more than this movie is ska, <laughs> <laughs> and this movie features a ska cover of "Take on Me." And he wouldn't <laughs> shut up about the "Take on Me" cover. And it was I was like, crazy. Jesus Christ, nerd! <laughs> like, I get it. It's it's a good song, but it's not their best. Doot doot, motherfuckers. Yeah, do do do. Listen to Briggs's weekly show where it's the ska revolution. <laughs> 
ex god on me. Yep. Uh. <laughs> I did find out from like one of our cinematographers recently that like there is there is metal ska, and guess what? It's amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I really love. I'm a very happy boy listening to metal ska. <laughs> me too. I feel like I can like fucking you know do like my word skanking, but also like pound somebody's head in. Yeah, skanking, headbanging. Yeah, I love it. Uh, ooh, I wonder if there's a skank mosh pit. Skank you betcha. <laughs> you betcha. There, there's a skank mosh pit. But um, <laughs> no, but yeah, so you bring up like the technical aspects that kind of make you think of trauma, right? Yeah, I get the trauma vibes in this one from the inclusion of a one Ron Jeremy in the cast. Yeah, the grossest <laughs> dick ever put on film. <laughs> oh man, you know I I listened to a behind the scenes and how apparently Ron Jeremy has like the smelliest fucking cologne on at all times. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. I can smell him through the screen. And he talks about how he was the first to come up with shaving your balls yeah. for porn. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. God, dude, I don't want to hear about your balls. He's caused so many staph infections. <laughs> and, and, and apparently, uh, now he, 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 he complained a lot about how in the movie, apparently, that guys' butts would interrupt women getting topless. It's like, what are you doing? Like you're getting in front of the women getting topless and they would just tell them, run, you just don't get it. Yeah. That's the point. (laughs) And apparently when the movie, when they watched the final cut of the movie, he was like, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Well, we made it there in the end, Ron Jeremy. He he made it there in the end. And you know, I kind of like uh, Ron Jeremy in this movie. It's very interesting. He's like this, like he's like a, he's like a thug, but he's also a performer. Yeah. No, the goons are all kind of like complicated. And, and they have like a whole dialogue scene at the end where it's like, oh, porno exploits women. It's like, it also exploits men. It's like, it exploits men by exploiting women. It's like, therefore, it exploits us all. Therefore, <laughs> it, porn exploits people. And I love that he's the one to deliver that. I know. That's why it's like Trey Parker is like a genuinely smart guy. And I think like you have to be really smart to make good, stupid stuff. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Like, And I really appreciated a lot of the dialogue that was in this movie like that one. And uh, we have more edgy humor with the uh, Masao Maki. Masao yeah, Maki comes he's back, back as G Fresh. Yeah, he's a sushi restaurant owner who like, plays a, a black guy. Yeah, he plays like a gangster black guy. <laughs> no, there's there's some. This movie is just full of like really nice little gags that are kind of '90s, but still really funny. Like it shows the Hollywood sign, and then under it just says Hollywood. Can you like, believe that's his last movie? Who? Masumaki, he doesn't act in anything afterward. Too bad. I mean, he's clearly not an actor. No, he's not. But he's very funny in this. Like, just, yeah. Behind the scenes, he's he's very like, oh, I, I love the script and I love being this weird character. <laughs> no, and yeah. like, yeah, since... He, he apparently talks like that, too. Like, like very uh, like very thickly Japanese uh, broken English, which is fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. Apparently, th- I think that just makes it even funnier. Yeah, <laughs> I love that more. <laughs> that's how that's how we met Trey Parker. Is that you know since Trey was able to speak fluent Japanese, they were uh, they like they got to like really talk to each other. Ah, see, fun. Tell me that that's not beautiful. That is beautiful. That's really yeah. cool. I think I think that's awesome. I think one of my favorite characters in this though is um, 
David Dunn as A Cup, yeah. the the producer's uh, nephew or Bullshit some shit. nephew. Who just, yeah, like, he, oh, he loves to a, like throw farts in people's faces. <laughs> he plays uh, in the movie within the movie. He plays neutered man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's throwing off heavy Bill Sarsgaard vibes. I can see that. I can see that. No, and Hallie was like, "He's the only man in this cast that's actually attractive." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> He looks like a weird little Ryan Seacrest snake. How could you say that about Matt Stone and his weird mustache? Uh, Matt Stone looks just like the dude from Workaholics in this. <laughs> he does. He really does. The Blake, I think. Yeah, Blake. With the weird, with the weird long hair and yeah. the mustache. And yeah, his oh, whole character is hot. <laughs> he's a set photographer who's like, "Oh, that's fucking hot shit right there." And then he'll be like. I don't want to sound queer or nothing, but I think unicorns kick ass. <laughs> like, I don't sound queer or nothing, but I think your ass looks really hot. I don't sound queer or nothing, but I kind of like to make love to you tonight. <laughs> and eventually when like, I think Sancho, Sancho. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I find fire really romantic. <laughs> and he's <just> like, <gasps> yeah, Matt like, Stone. yeah, Matt Stone finally has his, <laughs> his counter. Yeah, this is just like a delightful. Um, it's very Jackie Chan-like. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of Jackie Chan movies where he's just going around doing something, he gets involved with his karate, and then they're like, oh, you got to do this thing, and then at one point his girlfriend's going to get kidnapped. That's when he had, that's, like, he, he gets pushed and pulled into using his karate, and he's like, oh, I don't want to use my karate for anything bad, but I will if I need to support people. And then suddenly, and then, and then at the end it's like, oh, I got to use my karate to help people. Yeah, so seeing Matt, uh, seeing Trey Parker use martial arts blew my mind. Like, I never <sighs> saw that coming, that he's actually, like very fluent in those movements now and we did blow past it but in cannibal the musical he does use martial arts to beat up one of the trappers so hard that he speaks with a helium voice for the rest of the movie yeah yeah (laughs) kicks him in the balls like a million times like no and yeah it's like this has one of my favorite tropes where like they're they're mormons going door to door so like a bunch of goons are on this porno set and he's like go go beat the crap out of them and so like I think he's like, oh, give me their tongues or something, or bring me their balls. Yeah, yeah. He's like, sorry, I got to cut your balls off. And then Trey Parker's like, I don't want to hurt you. And then he just demolishes the dude. (laughs) He's like, man, this reminds me of Jackie Chan, also Maranta. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is kind of Maranta. To call it back, I love when uh, they they go to the old woman's doorstep. And she's like, okay, you get the fuck out of here. What, (laughs) ma'am? I know. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, and Mormons don't really go door to door as much as they used to. I think it's because we're all gunned up now. <laughs> they know it's like you try to push your god on me. Well, I mean, you know, in an age of the internet and email lists, who needs to go door to door anymore? Yeah, that's why I'm working on a way to email bullets or bees. <laughs> it's called bee mail. You download it and you get a bunch of bees that just fly out of the screen. <laughs> Sam's afraid. <laughs> I'm very afraid. Sam's very. afraid of the future with my digital bees. Don't worry. They don't carry neurotoxin. They just sting the fuck out of you. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but um so apparently Ron Jeremy was gonna be the main villain at one point. That kind of that, that would have been cool. Yeah, right? that that would have been more funny, right? Yeah, but then they got, you know, Michael Dean uh J or something. Uh, oh Michael yeah, Dean well we Jacobs. Who's a better actor? Well, was he in anything before this? He's in Beetleborgs. Big Bad Beetleborgs? Yeah, Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> like more than one episode? Um, He plays Al. Oh, yeah, Al one. for Beetleborgs. Yeah. I think I had an Al figure. He plays <laughs> Joe in uh, Power Rangers Turbo. What? You, anyway. Um, 
Uh, was he the face of Zordon? <laughs> no, he was not Zordon. Zordon wasn't the guy for Power Rangers Turbo. It was a lady. Ooh. Because uh, I think Zordon gets killed or captured by this point. Yeah. I think he's captured. Yeah, he's captured at that point. What is Zordon? Uh, he's like a magic... <laughs> he's a magic so yeah so he's a mormon who's so joe is a mormon who's really good at karate and when he kind of beats up the goons on this porno set they're like oh you know we're making this porno superhero movie we could use your karate to help like juice up the action scenes a little because yeah, the actor they do have is a total puss and, and he's like, like ow i broke my finger it's like oh no <laughs> but he does have one of the best slides where he's like hey how you doing <laughs> hey, how you doing? And then he just goes to fuck the lady. And he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> so some weird, like just little porno character acting moments. character moments that are just throughout the movie. That's just great. No, and like I don't know. I feel like, man, you know, we don't get a lot of comedies anymore, like comedy movies. Yeah, yeah you know, I, 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 I think I've relented on that before. Like how it's like, there's not like comedies like movies it's mostly like action with comedy with little dumb marvel-esque yeah twists. which is like it's kind of a bummer that we can't like commit to one or the other and like yeah you don't get like really stylized comedies like so i don't know orgasmo was maybe written off at the time but i think we maybe took stupid 90s comedies for granted yeah, yeah. oh we totally did this reminds me of mall rats is why is, is why i'm saying that because mall rats also opens up with fake comic book panels <laughs> which i really thought that was like like somebody, they got like an actual artist to make all those, but apparently that's all just traced over old artwork of like Superman and Captain America comics. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah, let's but... just do that. <laughs> yeah, let's just do that. Just, just do that, Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Liefeld retired from Marvel, and I was like, I thought you retired decades ago. Why now? Why not twenty years ago? <laughs> yes, Rob Liefeld, because he needed the money. I needed the money. My jeans weren't selling. Nah, uh, just so weird when you, a time when him and Spike Lee were selling jeans. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know jeans. what? Maybe we shouldn't miss the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Fuck the nineties. Fuck the nineties. Fuck nineties was not a good time for horror, but it was a good time for comedy. I I, I feel like what happened though is like in like the twenty tens is when we really got the last of like you know comedies because like. Like, cause there was a lot of really like shitty, shoddy comedies like that. That uh, the the world, not not the world's end, but the one that came at the same time. Oh, this is the end. This is the end. No, that was a good one though. But it may as well have been called "This is the End of Comedy." You also have because <laughs> there hasn't uh, been much comedy since then. You also have the Hangover trilogy as well. Well, those are not funny. <laughs> oh, I like the first one. Well, hey, I like the second one more than the first one because it's kind of weirdly dark. How can you say <laughs> that when "This is the End" isn't funny? It's it's funnier than the Hangover. I mean, they're both equally not funny. I like this at the end a little bit. Well, uh, I like the first Hangover a little bit better. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, and so he's, uh, even though he's a Mormon, he's like debating about acting in this porno film. And it's one of my favorite sight gags is he's talking to a little statue of Jesus. And he's like, I really need this money to get married. So just give me a sign if I don't want to, if you don't want me to do this. And there's like a huge earthquake. And like the statue topples over, and he's just like, any sign at all. <laughs> yeah, you see, it's my biggest hang up with the movie. Not him wanting to, like, you know, having the struggle of like being in the porno, but why does the producer want him so bad? Like, he was 
paying like I get it. He was able to fight off three bodyguards by himself. Okay, but like he was paying like one guy. His, his like the the original guy. Like I think he said like, oh, you're only gonna give me 150 bucks for this gig, and then he's paying him like twenty thousand dollars, and he doesn't well, even pay him eventually. Well, I mean, but remember, Orgasmo became a huge success. It was a crossover success. And it's because of Trey Parker's... It's not just about the karate. It's about his charisma. He has that very... He's doing the whole uh, fucking, you know... Heroic I'm, voice. Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm like the guy from fucking Star Trek. Uh, Kirk? Yeah. William Shatner? William fucking Shatner. I, 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 I <laughs> think of... Sh- he's doing the William Shatner voice. He's like, that was too easy, Chota Boy. Now you see, I, I'm really seeing the Adam West here. It's I like, think it's six to one, half a dozen of the other. And Chota Boy is played by one of the cast members of Cannibal the Musical, returning uh, Diane ba- Diane Bacher. Yeah, Diane 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 Bacher, who is very much more the Cato of the duo. Cause I know because he's like, <laughs> in addition to doing badass gadgets, he's also he also is really good at karate. And on top of being really good at karate, he's also like a, a do- got a doctorate in physics and engineering from MIT. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, I just like I just don't get laid enough. I know he's got an overactive sex drive, so he's in porno just to like you know get laid, just to get laid. It's like, hey, good for him. Good for him. And he's got a giant dildo on his head. Yeah, which is uh, it's like maybe that's why it's NC seventeen. Uh, that that actually is why. Yeah. Yeah, it's between that and the asses. Oh. <laughs> and apparently, when he was told that he was getting an NC-17 rating, uh, he did try to appeal to the, the ratings group for the issue. Uh, and unfortunately, they gave him like the runaround on the whole thing. Yeah. yeah no, like, he didn't even They're talk about that. that in that documentary. Yeah. Like, no, it's Eli Roth that's like the king of like negotiating with those people. Well, apparently, for Team America, they, were, they, they bent over backwards for him. Like, I think they had to, but like that's what they did, right? They just overloaded it with heinous shit so that they could just cut that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the director's cut that I still need to watch. Yeah, which we could have watched if we had a Blu-ray player. Oh, yeah, if we had a Blu-ray player. <laughs> if it's we, then we do have a Blu-ray player. I mean, if I had known, I could have brought mine. <laughs> I d- Learn to read. <laughs> next, next time I'll bring my Xbox One, okay? That's my Blu-ray player. The X-Bone. There you go. The superior gaming console, the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, know, I couldn't keep that serious <laughs> No, no. This has the Jackie Chan thing where, you know, the small business owner of the sushi restaurant uh, is being edged out by these mobsters. who, <laughs> And then it turns out that they're the same mobsters that run the porno ring. But, yeah, so they... So, yeah, so Orgasmo in the movie within the movie has a ray that he shoots at people that gives them like an instant orgasm. And it turns out that Chota Boy's actor, using his engineering background, has actually built a real life uh, uh, or what? What are the what's orgasmo the ray? Orgasmo ray, ray yes. yes. Which is really interesting. <laughs> and like the joke is that it's like super heavy, but only Trey Parker can pick it up because apparently he's got like some sort of stupid Mormon strength. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like King Arthur. He's the only one that can lift the sword from the stone. I know. It's it's almost like I was made for this. I, I, and I, I I love like in in another way, this could have been a really interesting show. Like, you know, like a really funny, like, porno parody uh, superhero, like, like, like an adult swim kind of thing. Yeah. 
It it definitely has a very strong like early adult swim vibe for sure. Like, no, and um just like <laughs> just the different uh, gadgets that he pulls out with the sex toys. You like know, the like, cock rocket. Yeah, the cock rocket. Then we have a classic miniature explosion. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So major complaint about this movie, only one Trey Parker stone, a uh, Trey Parker song, but it's a, it's a banger. Yeah. Now the, you're a man, a man, man, man. man. <laughs> now you're a man, a manly, manly man. Uh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> this is, see, this is one. Like I mean, all three of these to an extent, but especially this one, I would love to see them go back to Orgasmo someday. And like, well, Orgasmo going back to that would be even funnier because we can do like the old man, you know, <laughs> like like that's give what us, they always do. Give us the Orgasmo fucking legacy sequel. Yeah, do an Orgasmo legacy sequel. Maybe even not, you know, not, uh, like about their child taking over, like. Maybe not even a, a guy. Maybe even not even a son. It's a daughter that takes over. Yeah, Lady Orgasmo. Oh shit, that Orgas- would be awesome. Orgasmo is a general gender neutral name. Yeah, it doesn't have o. to be a dude. That Precisely. would actually be really fucking cool. <laughs> Make it happen, a- Trey Parker, Matt Stone. If you guys are listening, and I know you are, so- Chota Boy dies of an STD infection. And uh, no, 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 no! His don't, daughter takes over. No, we bring no, him back. No, no, yeah, don't kill him. Like, no, don't kill him yet. No, yet. No. <laughs> his make, son make kills him. him. No, no, no. He's like he has a serious gonorrhea infection and has lost control of his legs. So he's in a like a sexed up wheelchair. Nice. <laughs> and with like and Trey Parker can't talk anymore because he's eaten so much pussy that his like his throat is gone. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and, and and his daughter finds the. Uh, finds all of the stuff and the orgasmo ray maybe on a visit to uncle choda's uh mansion for his birthday his name is ben by the way the character uh uncle choda uncle choda <laughs> grandmaster choda no and yeah we also do the uh, star wars thing where like orgasmo has one evil son and one you know good good kid oh yeah exactly great and he's gone into exile so now like we have to find him so we can bring him back and he can defeat his evil son exactly and uh and then neuter man like is adam driver has actually actually has two sons one of them's were, adam driver that were born of this testicles swelling to the size of grapefruits because they were got they got blasted by the orgasmo race so much they basically cracked like giant eggs oh and they just became monstrous testicle men yes <laughs> okay and they're each played by barry keoghan yes <laughs> yeah. like, right bruv we're gonna fight you now yes <laughs> well the, the neuter boys oh god this would be great see it, it writes itself really it uh, does I'm very and like excited. you know the the sex superhero has been a subgenre that people have tried to tap for years. Like even um, uh, Stan Lee tried it. Yeah, strip, Stripperella. Stripperella, and then there's also uh, Garth Ennis's uh, The Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I think there's a couple more, but I'm forgetting. Uh, I don't know. I I I I, I, <clears throat> I think there's room for more interesting, like kind of like adult. Like porno esque superhero type of material, I think it just gets bogged down by like like hentai like wants and needs. Yeah, no, and it's never gonna be, it's never gonna be what we want. Yeah, <laughs> just, 
But a uh, great, great gag in this. Then uh, he kicks uh, Ron Jeremy in the face, and his face shatters like a flower flower pot. Oh <laughs> yeah, his uh, face shatters like a flower pot. Apparently, Ron Jeremy asked. So wait, did I die? Well, he's there at the end again. So no. I guess not. Yeah, exactly. He I guess like, he just he just broke his face for a bit. Yeah, I I do really like the the segment also where they actually go to do superhero shit for the first time and they go into the mafia's nightclub and they start they like I love their whole game plan of. We're going to zap them with the orgasmo ray and make them fucking jizz their pants. And that's going to leave them open for us to kick their asses. <laughs> <laughs> works pretty good, though. No, yeah, it does. It oh, works. no, it totally does. No, and you know, it's like it goes back to this Rick and Morty statement. It's like if you're good enough to torture your enemies, but not good enough to jack them off. Like, how are you any better than they are? <laughs> I, I also love how like. That nightclub is like, it's kind of nice, but also kind of shitty. There's like a really dirty fish tank in the background. Yeah, no, this is like, so 90s comedies would often have this weird kind of cheap vibe. And it's like, I don't know if you guys ever saw um, the Dave Chappelle movie, um, Half-Baked. No, I didn't. No. It has a very similar type of vibe to it, too, where there's like, yeah, it's just kids who grew up on like Adam West and like just artificiality. So they don't really care. And, and and you know that's another thing about Orgasmo is that it's it's playing with the Adam West look on the porno version, but then when they become the heroes in life, uh, that it's kind of like the uh, the Tim Burton, um, uh, Joel Schumacher transformation of the of the costumes where they're kind of rubbery and shiny and latex like. Yeah, no, because they're trying to break into a fetish club. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Why isn't this movie more beloved? I know. I I think it's just it's it's hard to find and watch because of its rating. Oh yeah, definitely. And also, yeah, which is really silly in the grand scheme of things. And you know, it's a trauma movie, so it's a little harder to get. It's not no, a this trauma is, movie. This isn't. This, this is a universal. universal. Oh wait, I thought trauma had the distribution rights though. No, nope. for for Cannibal, but not for Orgasmo. But 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 uh, but what's his name? Lloyd Cawthon is involved in the distribution of this movie. Oh, is he? Is? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why it failed. Anyway. <laughs> so wait, then. I'm, you I'm know, s- it I'm is so not, confused. you know, that now that they have a high budget remake of Toxic Avenger coming out, it's not beyond the pale for some of these other things to get reevaluated. Yeah. It's all IP. Imagine a team up one day of Orgasmo, Toxie, and Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> I can picture that 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man sucks. <laughs> Never been a good Sergeant Kabuki Man movie. But it did give us one of the best car flips in film history. Yeah, no, let's let's see. That sure is a popular car flip. Let's, let's use, use it, it again. Let's use it several more times. <laughs> let's use hey, it 50 I did it. Times more. Yeah, I, we did it. Yeah, can cross that off the bucket list. That was fun, <laughs> and it got some good laughs in class too. No, yeah, I love that one. Bobby Driver. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. It's not on YouTube. Well, is it anywhere? No. (laughs) Are you going to put it anywhere? Probably not because of the Anthrax song in there. (laughs) Put another song in it. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gus Van Sant. (laughs) Gus Van Sant doesn't release his early shorts because they have copyrighted music. That's Uh. a deep cut for you film fans who know who Stan Brackage is. So Who's right around the same. So South Park is coming out right around the same time as Orgasmo, right? 
I believe yes, so. Yes, it yeah. is because uh, Orgasmo was ninety seven. South Park was ninety seven, also, right? Yep. So are they like while they're on post production on Orgasmo working on South Park? Exactly. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah, they 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 were busy guys, you know. No, and like when I watch Trey Parker in this, I really think he could have been a great leading man. Yeah, you know, he's got almost a Bradley Cooper rakish charm to him. If he ever got ripped like John Krasinski, you know, he could have fucking nailed at things. I don't know. I think part of what sunk it is a uh, basketball. Yeah, that was a bad idea. That was a that was a bad movie to go and like follow up with. Ernest Borg nine, Ernest Borg ten, real big fish. <laughs> you think Ernest Borg seven eight? Borg Dana is Dana Chamel is also in that one, the Chota Boy. <laughs> yeah, he is. And yeah, basca- the... Basketball is not a great movie. You know, it's it's just... a movie about it's a movie about guys who invent a sport and then suck at it, which is hilarious. It's like. And it's directed and written by David Zucker, you know, of Airplane. I know. That's why it's like, it's really a shame. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I feel like that's one of his last, like, I want to say good, decent. Who, Zucker? Okay-ish. Yeah, Zucker. This is, you know, this is what we talked about, the death of comedy. And yeah. Then, and then 9-11 happened. Yeah. And that changed everything. Are you trying to tell me that 9-11 didn't change everything, Sam? Well, also, I mean, no, I, I kind of side with Briggs. I will push back on... When was Basketball released? 98. I will push back on that being one of Zucker's last great things because he also did Scary Movie 3, which was fantastic. True. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm looking at his director credits right now, but it's not Who directed there. Scary Movie 3 then? David Zucker. Oh, wait, hold on. I had it on producer. Shit. Okay, there it is. Directing. Yeah, fuck you, Sam. Okay, fuck you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. My bad, my bad. Yeah, no, Scary Movie 3 is fantastic. Scary yeah. Movie 3 is probably the last, okay. That's probably the last good Leslie Nielsen performance. Let's all calm yeah. down with... Since we'll never see the Waterman movie. Yeah, uh, right. Hey, although Waterman do, guys. Although I do like the bit in Scary Movie 4, though, where they're uh, recreating uh, Bush in the classroom during 9-11. And it's like, oh, you mean to tell me that right now all of these children's parents could be dead? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scary Movie 4 is not that bad. No, Scary it's, I like Movie the, 4 I like, is pretty bad. I like, uh, yeah, they start out with the the grudge homage where Bill yeah. Pullman like is like takes all the Vi- Charlie Sheen takes all the Viagra, yeah, and jumps out and he's got the giant dick. Is that a scary movie five? Yeah, well, I stopped watching by then. Jesus. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. I don't think I saw that one. Is that the War of the Worlds one? No, that's no, four. That's, that's four. four. Okay, so. no, that's yeah, it's, it's four. Three? No, no, three, three is, is the no, three ring. Three is the signs and the ring one. Uh, okay. And Matrix. Yeah, well, <laughs> depends. The alternate ending has the... Or no, there's... Yeah, because they have... Uh, she meets the architect. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait to do a scary movie triptych one day. I mean, it would be a shorty, but it would be fun. Can we do the <laughs> naked gun instead? That's way funnier. Why not both? Yeah. Can, can we do... Well, we can do both, but can we do naked gun first? I'm down. <laughs> yeah, featuring one of my favorite actors slash athletes, Orenthal James Jr. Ah, Yes. The juice is loose. Yeah. <laughs> Still loose somewhere. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be, but he is. Ah, well. He's out there. Loose. <laughs> no one knows where that juice might be loose. So, uh, how do you guys rate Orgasmo? I am going to give Orgasmo an eight. I, I see it, again, held together by hope and duct tape. But uh, you know what? I, I definitely see an improvement over Cannibal in terms of like their like filmmaking abilities. The film was funny, really funny, 
And uh, no, overall, I, I I had a blast watching this one. So yeah, I'll give this uh, an eight out of ten. Uh, I, I, I I'll give it a seven out of ten because I mean like. I think all three of these movies are held with duct tape, so that's not my big issue. No, I'm going to... Yeah, the next one is like... It's pretty held by duct tape. That's their most budgeted movie, though. And even then, it's still held up by duct tape. That's because they swung for the fences. Exactly. And so I'm... But like... So technicality isn't really my biggest issue. My my big issue with this one is motivations, again, are just like they don't feel natural. And I guess maybe maybe I'm looking too deep into that, but I mean when the movie already has like really good dialogue and like scenes as it is, mm-hmm. and like is like tackling really interesting genres and like uh, you know concepts, I think it could have done way better. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. I'm gonna go with is... eight out of ten with Briggs. You know, Yeet. I, this is a really fun movie to just pop on, you know, and it's got the Jackie Chan vibe that I love. It's got, you know, losers teaming up to take down the bad guys. And uh, yeah, it ends with a miniature being burnt down, which I love. Yeah, no, I, Cannibal is very affectionate for me. Okay, gotcha. I it's feel like, that. It's a bummer because I've never been very musically inclined, but I've always loved musicals, especially like filmmakers making weird musicals like uh, Dr. Horrible or... Um, you know, Cannibal the Musical, obviously, uh, American Astronaut. Man, I wish this got to be made a musical. That's why we also need a legacy sequel to Orgasmo, so that they can actually fulfill doing a musical. No, it's like they made a Toxic Avenger musical. Maybe we just need to make the Orgasmo musical first. Now, do we... I actually never knew there was a Toxic Avenger musical. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course there is. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of why it got mainstream again. If Beetlejuice can get when a musical, Toxic can get one. Oh, uh, like 10 years ago at this point. Hmm, wow. Yeah. Interesting. You know they're making a Lost Boys musical now. Cool. Of course they are. Lost Boys, Lost Boys. We're all a bunch of Lost Boys. They still lost believe. Boys, we still believe. We're the Frog Brothers. Team America, World Police. Once a simple Broadway actor, Gary Johnston is brainwashed by an elite black ops unit of American nationalists to carry out unsanctioned assassinations across the globe with no government oversight. Despite the outcries and criticisms of leaders, journalists, and the public at large, nothing will stop him from murdering anyone that stands in America's way. Even when he has a break of guilt for his actions, he only doubles down on his violence by murdering his critics. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is... What yeah. a fantastic this is the movie. The darkest movie. I know. It's like this is right around the era of like really big Michael Bay, you know, America just fucking shit up. Yeah. You know, lots of explosions. It's pre Transformers, but uh, Still, we're right in the middle of Bad Boys yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Supposedly the inspiration is Bad Boys, but mostly Jerry Brockheimer films. Oh, yeah. I know. Because it goes into disaster movie, action movie territory. Like, I think they. Ex- explicitly uh, reference deep impact ah, in yes. the production <laughs> i could see that with the panama canal sequence yeah no and like this is probably the most expensive movie of all puppets ever made yeah yeah <laughs> so i certainly can't think of many outside of a, of a maybe a muppet movie yeah it's like costs roughly as much as a blade runner damn yeah, yeah. think uh, about that and you know, it, it, and I mean, it's it's really impressive. Like, if you especially look at some of like the details in the production, like apparent, apparently the palm trees in uh, 
Durka Durkistan, it's like they're made of shredded dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, I think there's like actual weed plants at one point for like a house plant. Uh, the, the, it's the shrubbery in the Panama Canal. They're all ganja plants. <laughs> That's funny. And then uh, uh, apparently the, the the lanterns in the bar are made of like cheese graters and <laughs> vegetable steamers. That makes sense. God, that no just makes like, me love this even more. I know. I love miniature work. It just makes me want to like play around you know i love the idea of getting to make all this stuff like i'm sure this took a lot of work but oh yeah. yeah it's so beautiful to watch you know and like little details like a lady has a basket on her head and it's full of goldfish <laughs> see i missed that on that viewing i gotta go back and watch it again no, no, on my blu-ray player uh yes <laughs> yes 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 it's it's very impressive stuff and the and, and that's leaving out the the whole building of the puppets themselves mm-hmm. like there's like all this work to make these puppets work between like uh, like animatronics in the mouths that the, that d- detect the voices and the yeah, yeah they're doing the voices live yeah they were yeah. Off, they were off camera like wearing like masks or something that would co- uh, communicate with yeah, it was the... a mic it was a microphone that would go through um it would go through a algorithm that would just like make the robot look like you're talking okay and it's uh, like you see it a lot in like theme parks nowadays. But like, yeah, it was like a really cool, they, and like they, I think they actually dialed it back because it was too good before. Mm-hmm. So like they, I really love in this. You see the teeth, you know, it's like the old Planet of the Apes, just like, oh, oh yeah. Now apparently for some things like like more intricate mouth movements and like some of the eyebrows that they had, they had to have remotes for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But uh, but but they were able to make at least look the talking parts a little easier by just having that. No, and you know, part of. You know, working with either construction paper or puppets is that you can just cast yourself as like various characters, which is fun. And if yeah. you look at if you look at the credits, you can see Trey Parker doing a laundry list of characters throughout the movie. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the main guy, Gary Johnson, but he's also the the what's the yeah Joe, Joe. the football player, and he's also uh, the the one member that dies at the beginning of the movie. Carson, yeah, he's doing a kind of weirdly that weird accent. so cold. Uh, I love you, babe. Uh, I never stop loving you. Uh, and then Sarah, you have to live on. <laughs> <laughs> he does that kind of weird, like country singer voice. Of yeah, <laughs> and of course he's playing our main villain, Kim Jong the Second. Kim Jong Un. Ill. Ill. Kim Jong Il. Yes, yes, that's what I said. Yeah, that's it. Kim Jong Il. Wow. He's the second Kim Jong that rules the nation, the 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 great terrorist nation apparently of North Korea. Yes. Yeah. And you know, North Korea just... is bad, but I don't, I don't think they're doing what this movie thinks that he's doing. <laughs> I love, that. I love how. Uh, it, well, yeah, they can't fucking build technology to do that. No, all their, of ro- not. All their rockets just fall in the ocean whenever <laughs> they launch anything. <laughs> Poor fuckers! All, no. all I, that forced labor, and they can't get shit done. <laughs> I love though how like uh, they'll just go around openly calling people terrorists. It's like they don't refer to them as anything else. It's like, oh hey, terrorists. Yeah, I know, and they're like, there's no subtlety. They're just like crushing things every time they land their big stupid Thunderbirds vehicles. So yeah, this is this is literally just like three years after 9-11. and so we're like we're like very high on patriotism. I know, and it's like it'll be like nine eleven times a hundred. You don't mean yes, ninety one thousand one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I I you know. 
Stone and Parker are at their best when they are satirizing stuff. Yeah. Especially on South Park. And that's really what they're leaning heavily into the most on this is like that kind of very like overly nationalistic attitude that our country was in at that time. No, like literally like we're so self-centered that it's like. North Korea, 7,442 miles away from America. You know? I love how the establishing credits are all just like how far away the country is from America. Yeah, and just like, yeah, it's it's so fucked up, but it's so funny. <laughs> That's why I'm just like, man, dude, if you're going to be, if you're going to do something this fucked up, it's like Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. Go all the way. Yeah, it's like, you better be fucking funny, dude. Yeah, per- so apparently when it came to the designs of like places like Paris and North Korea and such, they didn't do that much research on what those actual places look like. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Kim Jong-il's palace, they actually did look up at how like extravagant it is because we were apparently just getting photos of that place. Mm-hmm. But uh, aside from that, they just kind of like were basing the looks off of what American perceptions of those places are based on. Yeah. Which is why there's a, apparently like Paris is made of baguettes and croissants if you look close enough. That's, that's, that's so funny. And, <laughs> and, and, and so like... The so, Eiffel Tower falls over and literally like lands right on the Arc de Triomphe. This, 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 really, this really is, if you think about it, this really is a better South Park movie than the actual South Park movie. I no, think. In, in many ways, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the South Park movie. Oh, no, I do too. But like... At the same time, you know, I'm not really the biggest musical guy, and so uh, that's oh. the reason why I don't really go back to that one as much. But South Park is well. Why don't yeah. you like musicals? Yeah, just I mean, I'm more indifferent to them than anything. Better question: Why do you hate America? Briggs, oh, because... Briggs doesn't like musicals because there aren't enough ska musicals. <laughs> Damn, that's right. You know, that's, really... why, that's why we got to make our real big fish jukebox musical yeah. sell out. I can't wait for that one. God, high for five a couple, for a couple of guys that don't like ska. You really seem to like ska right now. We like you. Yeah, we ah, like okay. you. So we want to make you happy. We want to make you happy, Briggs. <laughs> We're not happy till you're happy. A classic real big fish album. Yes, it is. <laughs> High five. I'm <laughs> saying high me, five they, over the microphone in case you can't hear that we're They high-fiving. hear me talking about it all the time. That's why they're reiterating it. I know. It's like it's hard not to be into Scott a little bit with you talking about it all the time. <laughs> but, um, I feel like in a way that this is much like South Park, like modern day South Park. I feel like this is a movie that's taken very out of context by like extreme wings of political No, teams. I think that, yeah, I think that definitely left people see it as way too... <laughs> Like glorifying, you know, and too mocking of like this kind of jingoism, and then jingoists see it as pro jingoism. You know? Yeah, they exactly. think the America fuck yeah thing is like not ironic or like you know they're like yeah America fuck yeah you know like listen to the lyrics. It, it also kind of goes in that whole like well if you're criticizing America, you're actually siding with the people that are against America. So which clearly looks, you don't like America, which is why Fag, the uh, film actors guild, I know, and it's like <laughs> sided yeah, with North Korea in a in a peace conference, which is actually a plot to put ex- WMDs all North over Korea. the earth. Yeah, no, and it's like what did I say? This, you said South Korea. Oh, I'm sorry, South Korea. This You're is cool. This is one of the only parts of the movie that doesn't really age well because it's like all these fucking liberals that like we really don't give a shit about now, like fucking Tim Robbins and Sean <laughs> Penn. Sean, yeah. Sean Penn, who really fucking hated this movie when it came out. Yeah. 
But I props racist, to Alec. Racist, wife-abusing piece of shit, Sean Penn does not agree with your movie. But hey, props <laughs> to uh, Alec Baldwin for being cool and wishing that he actually played in the movie. Yeah, yeah that, I feel I like we like. were too hard on Alec Baldwin for accidentally shooting that lady. Yes, yeah, true. Now he's back in court again. Yeah, <laughs> night court. Ah, <laughs> Days in the courtroom aren't much fun. Come to the night court, everyone. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm John Larroquette. I, I love though how like uh, if you look back on it, like he he even talks about how like his daughter's friends at the time would always quote Kim Jong Il at him. It's like in, in the voice, like you're giving us Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> like his, his daughter's friends would come up and say that shit to him all the time, <laughs> and he just went with it. He knew it, and he just went with it. And then, and of course, George. Clooney also was super into it. Is his it. daughter still dating Justin Bieber? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't thought know. he was married by now. To Justin Bieber? Alec Baldwin is married to Justin Bieber? <laughs> Haley Bieber. Hey, who's ha- ha- Haley Baldwin married Justin Bieber. Haley, Haley Barry married Justice <laughs> Baldwin the Beaver? What? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, while I, I will say I'm not as big on musicals, all the musical numbers in this are fucking amazing. No, we got yeah. some great bangers. You um, have a you full do. soundtrack's worth of bangers here. You have the the AIDS the song. Freedom, yeah, we have we we have the AIDS song. Everyone has AIDS. Da, 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 da. AIDS, 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 AIDS. It's a parody of Rent called Lease. <laughs> you got yeah. freedom when, isn't free. Yeah, freedom costs a buck oh five. <laughs> Back when uh, fucking what was, was that Tim McGraw? Which, I don't fucking know. Which fucker was that? Who's the guy that died this oh, month? Uh, Toby Keith. Yeah, fuck Toby Keith. I'm glad you're dead, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a little bit sad. That's dark, but, you know. What's your favorite Toby Keith song? Uh, there was that one song. Who's um, who's who's the one that did uh, the stair uh, ladder to? Oh no, fuck ladder to heaven, South Park. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> oh, you're thinking of you're th- yeah, you're thinking of that what ladder. What would you to- do? Yeah, <laughs> that was Tim McGraw. Okay, yeah. Where were you when they ran out of stuff to build a stairway to heaven? <laughs> so you know, actually, it might have been Tim McGraw because Tim McGraw was the one who was like, "Where were you with the 9/11?" Song? Yeah, so they're yes, kind of doing yes. the Tim McGraw. Okay, that's it. That's it's happening. Okay, we did it. And they have that great montage where it's just like a puppet of Gary, but like they're shooting on sixteen millimeter, like clearly in Washington, like and they without just got permits. Like a statue, that they're just like putting up. He's and also, they have the remote control, like the RC um, Harley. He's he's also standing next to like you know U.S. cross <laughs> U.S. soldier crosses. Yeah, he's just like always pushing against one of the gravestones, <laughs> and he's at the the Vietnam War Memorial. <laughs> you see one tear coming down. <laughs> Like I I, I I I honestly think that Ben Shapiro watches this movie and he's like, "Yep, America." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he jerks it to the puppet scene. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh. You know somebody does. Oh, somebody out there, absolutely. There's plenty of work on DeviantArt. I'm sure that's like you know that 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 this movie inspired. Man, I miss DeviantArt. <laughs> used to be you didn't have AI to tell you what it looked like when Severus Snape was having sex with Deadpool. <laughs> such, such a shame that there used. There was a time when you can go through DeviantArt and you could find color pencil drawings of inflated Sonic, and now you run into AI drawings of that instead. I know, man. It was so much nicer to see like a magic marker picture of Shrek and Sonic both expecting a baby with SpongeBob. <laughs> with SpongeBob, and then like 
but now it's just an AI monstrosity, and the AI doesn't. You can't draw feet. Yeah, I hate it. I hate. Fuck. I hate modern times. Remember, remember, artists, if you ever feel bad about AI art, you know you should. You <laughs> relax. No, you shouldn't. You should. You should not like AI art, but at the same time, you should be proud of your skill and keep moving. Cool. There's no joke in there. Stan. <laughs> not like Team America. Stan Brackage. <laughs> Look him up. AI artist Stan Brackage. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm actually, actually going to go out of my way to not watch that thing now. I'm just going to go find like a chat GPT thing to generate its own version of that, and that's what I'm going to watch. Tell that's me like, how this isn't superior. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we talked about some other movies that would be better with puppets. Um, a couple ones that I would like to add, uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oppenheimer. Be amazing with puppets, especially the sex scenes. <laughs> it's like, I especially, become death, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> especially the, uh, the one bit where, uh, Florence Pugh is on him at the, at the actual, uh, inquest yeah because emily blunt can't stop picturing her banging him yeah (laughs) it's like she's dead you won emily blunt i think watchmen would be really good with puppets oh yeah like thunderbird style puppets yeah Yeah. thunderbird style because it'd actually be a perfect matching because thunderbirds is like you know it's like that old classic style science fiction adventure kind of stuff and watchmen is a, a a satirical take of you know charlton comics which is you know that kind of thunderbirds era style of like good old heroic boys man so it would be really cool that. to yeah that would be fucking cool to do like an actual just weird dark puppet show yeah there have been a couple you know from the jim henson universe yeah like there was that what was it happy time murders no 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 that was a movie i mean there was that show where like the kids like the world the world ends and the kids are in the spaceship Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It's like you know, it's really interesting stuff, man. I love puppets. I yeah. love puppetry. You know, I like that 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 Dark Crystal show was really good. I think. Oh man, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's it's really. I, I completely it's forgot that existed. It's got Netflix. It's, it's got its problems, but like overall, it's a technical achievement, and I really wish it did better. Because like the world of the Dark Crystal is very fascinating to me. I know between that and Mystery Science Theater, it's hard. It's hard for puppets. Yeah, it is. It's very hard for puppets. People don't want to pay for that plastic and felt. Like even Muppets have a hard time getting shit off the ground. Like they had that one Muppet movie, and then after that, Muppets Two, and then the Office Show, and then other garbage. Apparently, there was a Muppets Haunted Mansion special that's actually better than any of the other Haunted Mansion movies. Holy shit! Really? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I oh totally, wow. I totally forgot about that. I, I remember. I last year I started watching the uh, behind the music type. Uh, I bet that's thing great. About, yes, I've only seen the first two episodes, but I loved it. What I've seen so far, I got to get back to it. But and uh, apparently, if you watch that, they have a cameo from one of the puppets from Meet the Feebles. Really, which means that canonically, uh, Meet the Feebles is in the, in the Muppets is universe. in the Muppets universe. Yes, it's very be- important. It's beautiful. Are we boring you? No, <laughs> Stan. Bra- you know what's boring him is America. Yeah, it's fucking communists sitting across from me. <laughs> no, and like who the, most- the communist? <laughs> He's talking directly to you. <laughs> I was I wasn't looking to see him looking at me, so I was looking down here. So when Gary He's goes looking down uh, on America, 
when Gary goes undercover as the terrorist, this is one of the funniest like, scenes that is <laughs> oh like, my so God, bad. Yeah. No, I they lo- spend like hours doing surgery, and he literally just has like some Valmorphication. Hair. Yeah, valmorphication. He's got like just really shitty brown makeup on his face and like some hair glued on. <laughs> Very bad brown face. Whoa, bro. It's, like, it's uncanny. No, no, I am a real Durka Durka Stanian. <laughs> no, and then it's like, hey, if you get caught, you may want to take take your own life. You better have this. And he hands him a hammer. <laughs> and I love how that comes back when he's like sad and depressed in the bar. And he's yeah, he got just the has the hammer on the table like he's thinking about it. <laughs> no, and I, one of my one of my favorite gags has always been uh, in the chase scene. So prior to him going in, they're like, oh. If something goes wrong and you need to get out of here, just give us the signal. Just, just, just flailing his arms. Flail your arms around saying, it's me, it's me, and we'll know it's you. And so then in the chase scene later, he's in the back of the Jeep and he turns around. It's like he's doing the thing. He's waving his arms and hey, it's me. Like- What's he saying? What's he saying? It looks like he's saying, kiss me, kiss me, smart ass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, Matt Stone plays Chris, the um, the best martial artist Detroit has to offer. <laughs> Okay, so talking about uh, um, uh, these characters uh, makes me, reminds me of, they have such fantastic backstories that they let us in on at certain points of the movie. Yeah. And my question to you is, whose traumatic backstory do you like more? I mean, obviously, Gary's backstory is like, he's a, he was acting at one point when he was a little kid. And he fell into a gorilla enclosure, and his brother jumped in to save him, but he forgot that he had blueberries in his pocket. So and his gr- brother got ripped apart by gorillas. <laughs> Although I, I think I think Chris's backstory of being raped by the cast of Cats is really this is Chris, <laughs> this is Chris in Team America, not Chris in Team Insomnia. Yeah, not, not which Chris. There's two of us. Which one of us was it's violated not by either cats? of us? Yeah, it's not either of you. Fools. You're not in Team America. Yeah, so the the, yeah, the one, uh, yeah, Chris and Team America, like, he hates Gary a lot. It's like, let me tell you something, actor. If you get in my way, I'm going to shove your balls so up in your mouth that you're going to be able to taste your balls. <laughs> I'm going to ju- drill two holes in your penis so that when you pee, it pees in all directions. I'm going to stick your balls up your ass so far that when you have to take a shit, you're going to shit all over your balls. <laughs> But then after the, he saves him from Susan Sarandon. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're old, Susan Sarandon. Your acting technique is not what it once was. And she's like, you shall die a peasant's death. <laughs> <laughs> That's still my favorite insult when I game. Yeah, Trey Parker does the great lady voices. <laughs> Which, you know, we, we glossed over it in Orgasmo. He has a very great oh my God, lady yeah, he plays, voice. <laughs> he, he dubs over one of the ladies, uh, T-Rex, who's like a plus-size Porno like model, morbid. Like, oh yes, yeah, yes. Come on, man. Come on, uh, yeah. You're gonna make me come, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they wanted to get he wanted to get a stripper by the name of Eartha Quake to play yeah, that role, but, but she was too expensive. Eartha no, 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 Quake. Eartha Quake. No, she lost weight. Oh, <laughs> so god damn it! How could you do this to us? I'm trying to get healthy. Fuck you. Fuck your health. I'm <laughs> directing shit. Orgasmo. Uh, but anyway, uh, but his he so he tells Gary it's like I loved Cats so much it was such a great musical and I got to go meet the the cast backstage. And I, and I love that he's like in his tie, teens they, too. He's like what nineteen or something when this yeah. happens. It's like man, I was thrilled. <laughs> Rumple Teaser was playing with my 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 asshole. <laughs> and then I was raped by Mr. Mustafa. <laughs> 
just uh, it's very dark and very <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> But fuck, man, it's funny. It's just a funny movie. Because the, the names of the cats are just great. I know. It's like... Rum Tum Tugger. Rum Tum Tugger kept rubbing against my leg. <laughs> uh, but, and then another thing I th- that's also great in this movie, and I, you know, I think is probably the one that's taken away, taken away the most is the... Uh, the pussies, dicks, and asshole. Oh, uh, that's monologue. a fantastic. I know. Monologue. I think too many people take that as an actual life philosophy. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I especially think conservatives are like, "Yeah, I'm a proud dick," and communists are pussies, but also communists are assholes because they get so full of shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's um. Yeah, like the problem is that they're not really taking a side. Which is like nowadays is like you're kind of looked down on if you don't take a side. Yeah, I, I mean that's the that's the problem that South Park's having a lot of the time with a lot of people. Like I think conservatives see it too much. It's like oh, this is the base conservative show, and I don't even think Trey and Parker like or Trey and Matt are like really like conservatives. They're libertarians. They're really for not. Sure. They don't give a shit about anything. Yeah, they're they're like uh, live and let live you know that kind of thing no and like you know they kind of they're the type of libertarian i like which is like hey my ability to swing my fist ends an inch away from your nose so like you do what you want to do yeah you know? exactly which you know i I'm, I'm cool with i dig it but you it's know. a it's a good but like it's it's hard in these like politically tough times where it's like you need to sometimes you need to pick a lane but the gesture doesn't need to yeah i, I well i mean i think another thing issue is that the satire gets a little too uh you know what's what i'm looking for kind of like vague in a way well they're making fun of literally everything well uh, in making fun of so much it seems like it takes a little it leans a bit to one side because it kind of takes away from the overall message they're trying to convey no yeah yeah, because like conservatives can maybe take a lot of that as still a compliment it's like yeah we fuck shit up like conservatives are just like oh i'm better and this is like and and it's showing you know actors as being major pussies and everything yeah yeah <laughs> don't mind me i'm taking preemptive cold medicine oh, oh. you were taking a covid test oh no no no. Uh-uh. it's a little zycam nasal swab oh, okay oh okay never never done zycam zycam is yeah. great it is yeah no if you ever have a cold it's a good way to get rid of it really quick this is literally what got me through covid this brought this episode is brought to you by zycam zycam <laughs> alphabetically last at the pharmacy but first in our hearts like exactly. america yes perfect way to bring it back in yes but uh i can't spell i can't read but uh yeah i don't know it's, <laughs> I, I i i i i think that you know and I think maybe what this movie really is trying to say is that extremist views are dumb. Yeah, no, you yeah. shouldn't be. I think black and white thinking is very is very dumb, and that's kind of what South Park always comes out on is like. But you know, it, I don't know. There's um, there's a tendency, especially in South Park, to like it's like caring is stupid. You yeah, know? yeah. But it is very funny when it's like, nah, this is gay. It's like, guys, look how hard we don't give a fuck about this thing that you do. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't care about that. Shut up, nerds. I think <laughs> I think at some point that they've they, they've they've realized that that's bad because they've like reflected that in some of their more recent stuff. It's like, okay, we we do have to take a stand on some things because some no, people just, are misreading. Like I even think like their more more recent stuff with the whole like uh. What was it the like the 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 pan the panderverse into shit? the panderverse? Yeah, I think I think conservatives took that way too much as being on their side because if you wa- actually watch it, it's clearly making fun of those people. Well, then I gotta check it out. Yeah, 
I still love South Park. I enjoy certain elements of South Park. So one other thing I want to touch on with this one too, you know, we it's it's a very funny movie. It's uh, it's very technically well made. I mean, having to do with the puppet and everything. <laughs> no. But one another thing that I truly appreciate about this one is the action choreography in it. Like some of the <laughs> like some of the like obviously like like actual hand to hand combat looks goofy as fuck. But yeah, because like, they realize very quickly you can't really do but it. But like all the shootouts, the chase scenes, those are all genuinely fucking awesome. No, and like you know, and that's a thing is like we didn't get much of that in Orgasmo, but in Cannibal, in this we have like really brutal killings. Like yeah. going back to Susan Sarandon. She, yeah, just like when she like f- gets pushed out, it's just like a bag of blood she landing. She get pushed out. She gets shot out. Oh yeah, like, she yeah, gets shot. And then when she lands, her. just an explosion of blood and hair. <laughs> it just hits the pavement. Or just any of the Black. squibs, you know, like when they shoot like Tim Robbins and you see like the hollowed out puppet head for a second, just yeah, you know? <laughs> no, 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 so good. No, that was Matt Damon. Tim oh, Robbins yeah. gets set on fire. Right, right, right. I'm Chris a smoker. Was, I'm a smoker. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, dude! Uh, and I think no, and all the cele- all the fake celebrities like Samuel L. Jackson kicking him, and he's like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> all of them getting like torn apart and sliced up and shot up. And I love you have destroyed um, and set on fire. I love you have Danny Glover and uh, I forget who else is with him. They get torn apart by Kim Jong Un, Kim Jong Il's Panthers. Which yeah, which are, are just, just black cats. cats. Yeah. I love the animal usage, like the the black the cats nurse sharks, there's in the nurse eating, shark, um, sharks in eating the tank. Hans bricks. Oh no, Hans uh, blicks. Hans blicks. <laughs> Hans bricks. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, which is literally like how the UN works. You know, mm, it's like, like we're gonna send you a strongly worded, angry letter. Well, we'll be know. very angry with you, and we will write you a letter telling you how angry <laughs> we are. Now, what else are they gonna do? They don't run the world. Yeah, nobody does except for me, America. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. buddy. When we were watching Godzilla Minus One, we shouted USA way too often. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when they beat up Godzilla and we were like, USA, USA. Especially when there's like literally a whole bit where it's like MacArthur's like, hey guys, you better get ready because we can't do anything for you. (laughs) USA, USA, isolation. Well, you know, they were busy in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. When There's this a... movie gets its going. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, this, uh, me and my dad watched this when I was a little kid. You know, it's still one of the fuckingest fucking movies. And <laughs> watching in the theater was such an experience because, like, we had no idea how nuts it was going to be. Yeah, even, <laughs> even to this day, the puppet sex scene, I'd say, is one of the most legendary scenes in comedy cinema. Like, God. it's just absolutely incredible. No, and that's why I was like, if the Barbie movie was accurate, it would have had a fucking. Like weird sex scene like this because <laughs> everybody did that with their Barbie dolls growing up. Yeah, they would just be grinding. They're like, but but in, I mean, like in the world, there should of be a scissoring scene. Yeah, I, I mean, but I mean, in the world of Team America, they're supposed to have sexual organs supposedly in the puppeteering. Doesn't but it, matter. But no, it does matter because in Barbie, they don't have any sexual drive at all. Doesn't matter. They're, that's they're that, u- they're being used to explain to a little kid what sex is. No, it's that doesn't no. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not how that works. Yeah. Well, that's how I learned. That's yeah. not how that works. That's not how that works at all. If you didn't take your sister's Barbie and take a Sharpie to her tits just to draw little nipples on them, did yeah. you even have a childhood? Yeah, dude. No, I didn't do that. Or if oh, you don't give you silly, you silly putty to make a little penis for Ken. No. <laughs> nope, yeah. didn't do it. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, that's why you're repressed. No, and, so. and, and of course, it gets even better in the unrated version when you have him pissing on her, and then she takes a shit right on his face. Yeah, that's yeah. What I, I was going to say, I, damn it, I wish we got to see that. I know, I do want to rewatch the director's cut just to see what was cut out. Yeah, because there's got to be like other things besides weird sex stuff. <laughs> now, probably some lines, I imagine. Probably some really fucked up jokes. Because like, there's some fucked up jokes in this already, like... When Spotswood, the like leader, first meets him, he thinks Gary thinks that he's gonna like, oh yeah. So like, if I go down on you, you'll give me a Hollywood role. Right? He's like, please, I'm not from Hollywood. I'm not gonna fuck your mouth, and my time is very important. <laughs> but then later, after after Michael Moore blows up the Mount Rushmore, you bastards! It's like I, I'm not letting you here. You're a butt fucking quitter. <laughs> there is a interesting story as to why they made it Michael Moore that blows up the Team America Mount Rushmore headquarters. Apparently. Oh, he did bowling for Columbine and used like a South Park style clip without by and made it look like they made it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, when I heard that about Michael Moore, it was like, yeah, because he interviewed them because they're from Colorado, where obviously this happened. Mm-hmm. But then he has a clip that's South Park style, making fun of it, that implies that they made it. Hmm. Michael Moore is a he's kind of a disgusting scumbag. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, you can be a disgusting scumbag liberal. Yeah, oh, you, yeah, you absolutely can. If, it, if if South Park has taught us nothing else, liberals yeah. can also suck. Yeah, everyone on the political aisle can suck. It's not politics that makes you a sucky person. It's yeah. being a sucky person. Exactly. So you you mentioned Spotswood earlier. I just want to point out Darren Norris's performance as Spotswood is <laughs> incredible. No, it's it's one of these amazing voices. You know, like I am Maximilian Kohler. You know, it's these weird like I classic mean, spy spy guy voices. I mean, I love Maurice Lamar as uh, Alec Baldwin. Maurice Lamar is always fucking like talented, no matter what he's in. Yeah, be uh, him, he's a legendary voice actor. Be him the brain, or uh, you know, just like even uh, Lieutenant Kiff Croker. Yeah, Kiff. I love Kiff. Uh, I love Kiff too. But, uh, <sighs> it, it really is amazing how there's not that much of like a, a voice acting like group in this movie. Like you know, it is very much like a South Park production where it's mostly Matt and Trey doing the work. Yeah, no, and like I think in South Park with like they have like one or two girls and like it's pretty much them doing all the voices yeah. inside of that. Except for when they want to do girls sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they like, do. Miss Chokes on Dick. Ah, <laughs> uh, Miss Chokes on Dick. But uh what and, a long strange trip it's been. <laughs> I know, right? Uh but um uh the, the another like little production thing that I thought was really funny, uh North Korea all the houses are made of uh, Chinese takeout boxes. I, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that I noticed. That's so fucked up. And, and then there's also this the giant statue of. I, I wonder if that. I wonder if that's Kim Jong Il, or if that's supposed to be his dad. Probably him. Probably ill in this one. But it's apparently a person that they like made up. <laughs> and they dressed up to just stand there. Oh, so that's a that's a real person. That's a real person. So you can even see him, like you know, like shaking a bit. That's funny. Oh man, they should have hired one of those living statue guys. Yeah, exactly. They hired a living statue guy to play Kim Jong Il's statue. That's awesome. Wow, oh, man. The more and more I learn about this film's production, the more I love it. We should make a living statue horror movie. I don't think anyone's done that yet. I certainly mm. can't think of anything. Yeah, they make it a joke of it in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, that's right. The yeah. living statue. Is, if we keep letting these people in, we're going to be up toward necks and crusty jugglers. <laughs> Racism. 
Well, I know there's like the one, uh, I think it's the one creepy pasta or whatever, where there's like the babysitter that calls the. It's like, oh, yeah. Can I put a. Can I put a blanket over the angel statue? Get out. There is no angel statue, but it was too late. Yeah. (laughs) I was with a girl once, and her dad called me and said, get away from my daughter. And she was like, but my dad is dead. And I was like, but who was phone? (laughs) Wait a minute. That's just the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Dennis Leary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Team America, though. Fun yeah. movie. No, this is... I mean, I can't recommend these movies enough, you guys. These it's, are just fun fucking movies. Trey also, Parker and also, Matt Stone want nothing more than to delight you. I also love reading uh, when uh, the interview came out, or tried to come out, and Sony <laughs> ended up pulling all the uh, all the release of it over the controversy. Uh, Alamo Drafthouse ended up reissuing Team America for free screenings as a form of protest. Nice. <laughs> I also, Alamo Draft House. I also love how like the cinematographer of this movie is the guy who did the Matrix. Yeah, Bill Pope. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because there's like a wild. couple Matrix references in this. Yeah. And also like, yeah, very two thousands thing is like the samurai swords come out and they do the Kill Bill song that That was like in everything for a bit. Oh yeah. Like it really does a great job of making fun of like action movies at the time now and like this is a very much a time capsule more than the other ones i would say oh for sure yeah like it's very of 2003 like very post 2004 yeah like post 9 11 bush bush era action movies of the the late 2000s being all like very i don't want to say serious but gritty i guess yeah and like (laughs) just very over the top and like jingoistic yeah but um do you guys want to rate this so this is the one that I'm going to go 9 out of 10 on. Like this one, while this is the one for me that I watched a ton growing up <laughs> and I still love to this day. Like to me, this movie has aged fantastically. It is still just as funny as it was 20 years ago, which fuck the fact that I'm talking about a movie I grew up with and it's 20 years old now. God damn it. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I will love this movie forever. And, uh, yeah, I gotta go 9 out of 10 on this one. Uh, I wanna go 9 out of 10 as well, actually. I think the the satire is on point, the effects are on point, the acting is on point, the writing is fantastic. I mean, I, I, the, the, there's there's critiques, of course, I can make of this movie. Yeah. Being a little, little too easy to misunderstand, but, you know, that's not the movie's fault. Yeah. So... Yes. It's not the movie's fault that subtlety is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I sent you that, that clip from Community where it's like, there was a time for subtlety and that time was before Scary Movie. It's a, it's a very, uh, you know, it's like people chanting uh, Stephen Colbert, you know, back when he was like a parody conservative host. Yeah. No, but I, I would I'd give this one a 9 out of 10 as well. Nice. Nice. And um, the highest, this is the highest average rated movie. Now, in this trilogy overall, I think like we watched this all in one day, which we can't always do with these movies because of length reasons. And this uh, is one of the few that we've watched where it is just great, start to finish. Mm -hmm. No, neither. We were by the time it was time to watch Team America, we were like, "Hey, now this this is all gravy." Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it only gets better and better with the comedy. That's what I I agree. Like they, they, it's like Pusher in a way in that regard. Yeah, their skills are being honed before our very eyes. The first one's very 
like. Yeah, it is a lot like the Pusher Trilogy. <laughs> it is. This is Trey Parker's Pusher Trilogy. <laughs> the first one is a very gritty kind of like, you know. like now Imagine those movies with puppets. <laughs> oh. Especially when they're disemboweling the guy in the third one. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is a puppet. Oh, fuck yeah. I watched the hell out of that. <laughs> the opening scene in two um, when he like fucks with that one prison guy and then they're all just like teaming up to the beat fuck him out up. of him. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what do you guys give this whole trilogy overall though? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this trilogy a nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah same. Like Me too. hardcore nines fantastic. all across the board. No, these are yeah, I would recommend just popping these on if you need something for a day to watch man some really funny comedies if you want to if you probably, like south park but you want to get outside of south park probably wouldn't recommend watching orgasmo and team america at work but yeah <laughs> i wouldn't recommend watching orgasmo and team america like with a, with people that maybe wouldn't want to see that <laughs> although my girlfriend really enjoyed team america this time around so you know and she's like she's she's considered very woke you know and like mm-hmm. so, so but she could st- she still saw the humor in it. Yeah. And but, it's like as long as you're making as long as you're you're making humor without like being mean spirited. Yeah, which I think is a is something lost on people that like quote South Park as their great humorous like, you know, inspiration. And it's like, "Oh, I made this I made this show. You know, I was inspired by South Park, which is why I wanted to make this show about, you know, Mexican immigrants being complete like, you know, train wrecks that were taking up space." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Don't a show. like that. That's a show. Look it up. But, but uh, speaking of my lady, yeah. uh, Hallie, uh, she's going to be popping in next month because it's Women's Month. Yeah, yeah. International Women's Month. It's and... International Women's Month, so we're celebrating one of the best women in cinematic history. Yeah, we've gotten a little too lighthearted on these past two episodes, so it's time to dip back into some good horror. And what better way than with Mr. Stephen King? What are we doing? We're watching three adaptations of Carrie, his first published novel that's hell very, yeah it's gonna be a very uh, this is a very unique version like usually what we're watching is like either based on the director improving or based on the story of a property going forward but no this is seeing how a property changes and this is actually pretty interesting because since gender politics are constantly changing mm-hmm. each take on carrie has a different like set of like things that it needs to overcome so we go from the 70s to the late 90s to like the 2010s with yep. these. So I'm very intrigued. I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen the most recent carry yet. I same. I've I've seen the kill counts for the other two versions, but as far as like watching the whole movie, yeah, the first one is still the only one I've ever seen. No, and we've considered doing trilogies like this before. Like one day we will do like all three Maltese Falcons. Yes. There's oh, three fuck Maltese yeah. Falcons? Yeah. One yeah. of which is like completely like a comedy rails, parody called almost. like Satan's Satan Bride. Metal Lady. Oh. Yeah, Satan Metal Lady. Yeah, it's not good. But okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, that the original thirty-one film, and then obviously the forty-one film. Those are both fantastic. Yeah. Wait a minute. Which one's the one with uh, Sam Humphrey Bogart? Humphrey yeah. Bogart. That's the forty-one. Yeah. Okay. It's also John Huston's first movie, but yeah, we'll get there eventually. Sam, I forgot yeah. Humphrey Bogart's name, and all I remembered was his name was Sam Spade, and I was about <laughs> to say Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Boy, yeah. did I almost sound like an idiot. I can't drive 55. But uh, I, I haven't seen any of the carries. So oh, really? I, yeah. I'm very excited. I, I've only like absorbed it through osmosis. Like There's that, there's that adorable uh, Twitter comic book artist that does the, uh, you know, what if Jason Voorhees didn't become a killer and became a camp counselor? 
and there's a there's a cute like little like mini comic with him going to prom with Carrie. Oh. Oh. Because they're natural enemies, you know. Yeah, exactly. In Friday Seven. I oh, think that's, that's right. the I think yeah. that's the joke with that artist. Well, that's nice. I like himbo, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, oh, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. So, uh... so check us out. We are at Team Insomniac Films. Uh, make sure you also follow the Real Idiots. We're working on some cool stuff with them, and we got some cool stuff coming down the pipe as well. And it's Valentine's Day, so hold someone. Hold them. Hold them. them. Go. Do not let go. Do not let them go do not escape if you let them